Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Okay, it's not my fault. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> Blog Talk Radio had an announcement. The website's been down uh, all morning long. It just came back on five minutes ago. I've been furiously emailing, notifying. I've got Josie on the line now. I'm not going to bother with the theme because we, we have so little time. Yeah. I've got Naomi Wolf in 25 minutes. I can't believe it. And i got a surprise for her. Yes. Good morning. Hey, buenos dias. Hello? Oh, no. Hello? Greg. Hello? Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. You are now in the queue. Okay, let's check around the cell phone today. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Hang on, Oh my. Good morning. All right, hang on. Let me. I gotta. I gotta fix something here. He is making all kinds of noise. Okay, let's try it now. Good morning. No, why, is it, why is it still coming through my headset? Let's make it clear now. More technical difficulties. Yes. That's. Huh. It looks like it's still down, the site. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, good. All right, so we're just going to go with the cell phone today. Uh, so, but yeah. the site so is I, still I, down, though. No, the site's not yeah. down. It's up. It's working. But here's the problem, oh. though. I have to. I have to. I'm gonna try. Let me take my microphone out. See if that makes it. Okay. Can you still hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Good. So we're on the air. The site is. It's working. But the problem is. The problem is that um, I, when I try to to connect, the connection isn't working. So it was in that horrible mm. echo that we heard just a minute ago. Yeah. So anyway, well the good news yeah. is I still got I still got 20 minutes, and so I'm just gonna I'm gonna move I'm just moving stuff around right now. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I tried the site and it's saying, "Oops, the thing is not you know no, the little working. message." I think. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. But I gotta go. I gotta go manual. All right. So what I'm gonna well, do. Well, how is, you doing? Okay. Besides, I, it's like trying to get your site up, you know, the 
radio going. Well, you know, and the, the the crazy part is that my website was was hacked last night again, and oh, so no. we had we have all these other problems now, and it's just you know I think Block Talk Block Talk just does this every once in a while, and yeah. so the only way I was able yeah. to make it work this morning. There we go. I got my I got my phone on a, a stack of uh, books, so we're okay. Now the only way I was able to work this morning was to uh, disconnect the uh, myself from the show because it had that horrible feedback and echo. So they've got connection problems. They haven't oh, fixed yeah. everything. Yeah. But now, but it, see, here's my backup. Is at least I can call in on my cell phone, and it's got enough charge to keep us going for a while. <laughs> so I've got I got tons of things oh, to talk yeah. about. I talk phone. We might just do a shorter show today. The main thing, though, is um, I've got Naomi Wolf calling in, and I'll be all set for her. Uh, but why don't you tell me what's going on with, with you? Because there's, there's so much news lately. Yesterday's show was, was a barn burner. We had a ton of things that we got to talk about. I bet. Well, uh, the Biden administration, or Biden, paid $6 billion to Iran and uh, for five prisoners. That is ridiculous. We yep. don't pay terrorists, you know. It's uh, it's it's out of control. The whole system is out of control right now, and the border is out of control completely. Uh, illegals are coming by the thousands. Costa Rica is upset because two to three thousand per day are coming through their country, with Panama and Costa Rica, you know, and yep. uh, they they have to do something about it because it's hurting their countries too, but. I think they just put in a show because uh, the United Nations, uh, Soros, all these groups are paying millions of dollars to this country to let all the illegals come through because, you know, you have to have an mm-hmm. ID to come through. You cannot just come through any country. You have borders right. in every country. So it's all well organized. I think the president from Costa Rica is putting a big show because he was going to have a huge meeting with the president from Panama. Uh, to see how they can stop this going on. But they should have stopped it a long time ago. And Mexico is the most criminal, too, because Mexico is getting all this money. The cartels are controlling the country. And now it seems like it's getting worse because now the coyotes are not involved at the moment. They're in control of everything. They, you cannot come through unless you pay them. So we personally know this guy that was deported. His family is still here. And uh, right now he's working in Mexico in order for him to survive, to eat and pay for a room and board somewhere. Uh, He Uh makes $10 a day working with cement in order for him to come here. But his wife continues sending him money, of course. But, you know, it's just out of control. Uh, The other thing is um, Biden is going to give IDs to all these people once they come in, especially the men because a lot of men are coming from the Middle East, from Venezuela, from all these countries, and they're getting over $2,000 a month for them to to live, and they're providing housing. And uh, it's just out of control. This is, mm-hmm. uh, this is scary for Americans, let me tell you. Americans well, and this is what happens, you know, and I, I, did, I read a couple of articles on an earlier show about the Roman Empire. And what destroyed Rome was uncontrolled immigration. What's destroying Western Europe is uncontrolled immigration. You know, especially mm-hmm. people that don't want to become part of the country. What's going to, what could destroy the United States is uncontrolled immigration. I don't mean legal. I mean illegal. Illegal by the government. Okay. The government may, may, may yeah. say these people 
come in. The government may say that uh, these people are, are, you know, have permanent status or that their their immigration hearing is 10 years from now or that, uh, um, you know, they have work permits. None of that's legal because, first of all, the government itself isn't legal. So that makes a yeah, huge it's difference. illegal. And so yeah. given the situation, um, but there's this a problem, though, because you've got every governor that's going along with it. They're not kicking out the illegals from their own state, be they Democrat or Republican. You know, they're objecting and they want more federal money, but nobody's kicking them out. Not even Abbott in Texas has put the National Guard, his whole Texas National oh, Guard on the border. He is a loser. But what I'm saying is, look, there's nobody, there's no, there's no mayor who's saying we are banning no. illegal aliens from our city. We're throwing them out. OK, there's no Republican in Congress. That it, or in any of the state legislatures that is standing up and saying, these people have to go. We are not going to take them. You know, there's nobody doing that. Even Matt Gates, our own congressman, is not saying these illegals it, it, have to go. They're not even saying the, so the, the, the brand. Yeah. You know, you know, Greg, it's so corrupt with all these leaders, all of them. It's so corrupt mm-hmm. because no one is doing nothing. Nobody's yep. taking our Americans out of prison. No one has even said, let's stop the vaccine. So many people are dying. Nobody has stopped it, you know. Uh-huh. So when there's a shooting, they try to stop everything. How come we seeing so many people die from the shot and no one is doing nothing? Well, I mean, here's so. just the, the, the most startling thing I found out. I suspected it, but but now the proof is coming. Yeah. Behind in the surrounding. <laughs> Oh, your headsets are coming on. <laughs> so it is insane what's happening to this country. And it's only going to get worse, let me tell you. Are you there? Greg? Am I talking to myself here? Anyway, this government is so corrupt to the bone. The fraud you see on everything. The voting, the school shooting, bioweapon vaccines, it's just not good. Greg, are you okay. there? Okay, uh, it, cut, it cut me off. <laughs> no, I'm I continue talking, actually. So. Yeah. Oh, good. That's good. So that'll be on the podcast, yeah. But uh, but that's the pro- I don't know how that happened. It just cut me off for some reason, but that's weird. Anyway, yeah. so I'm back. Hopefully that won't happen again. Okay. I've got to guess. That would be uh, – I'll so just tell them. So the corruption is so deep with this government. And, you know, right. Greg, the other uh-huh. thing is I know I have a lot of friends, Jewish friends that I love dear, and one of the cousins, which I well know her, she lives in Tel Aviv, and she's saying that they're on lockdown. They got, like, 30 seconds to hide or to run. Uh, this is suspicious to me, and the reason I say that is because I know very well, being married to a top-secret CIA in the past, I know a lot that goes on in Israel. And Israel is one of the most protective with all the weapons to their people. And this is insane that they're saying Hamas is attacking Israel the way it is, Yes, it could have been one rocket or whatever, but all this, nah, I'm not buying this completely. And the reason I say that is because they've been trying to lock down people again with the masks, with the vaccines, and people are saying that they're not going to do that. 
And I think they're getting away by locking them down and blaming Gaza for all that is going on right now. Just like Ukraine, same thing, fake war, neo-Nazi. Why would, they do Why would Israel do that, especially Bibi Netanyahu, who has no tradition of locking down no, people know. ever? Okay. I think he's been he, – they, they probably blackmail him for him to come back and all that. It just doesn't add up to me, sweetie. And, uh, and I'm pretty quick when it comes to things like this. Things don't yeah. add up at all. Okay. Well, yeah. let's, 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 let's talk that, about that. That's my view. No, that's okay. No, that's good. That's why I want you on. So we hear these things, especially from Israel, because the reports I'm seeing from Israel is horrible. But one thing I don't understand is Israelis are usually armed, especially if they live yes. near Gaza. So how can oh, nobody yeah. have a gun? I don't hear a single case of any Israeli. And I'm looking at these terrorists, you know, they, they, they look, they're shorter than most of the, the Israelis. I mean, they're, they don't look that tough to me. They don't seem to be armed that even, well. They're just, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Even, even the teachers are armed, Greg. Even the teachers. Yeah. Okay. So all uh-huh. this is fake. This is fake. They just want to lock down people because I was talking uh-huh. to one of my friends in Tel Aviv. And they're on right. lockdown. They don't have water. They don't have electricity. They're like punishing the Jewish people, their government. And this is this is what they they did here. They punish us by being locked up, no beach, no this, no that, no lights all. And they punish all these people in Hawaii. And, and uh, Stu uh, Peter was talking to another uh, gentleman about uh, Hawaii. That our government directly use energy weapons against the people in Hawaii, and they have people. Yeah, on yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. So, um, it seems to me pretty simple that. Yeah, uh, I know, but you know, it, they, it is true. They, they, they didn't. They, yeah, they didn't blow the sirens. They didn't have the water. You know, they had yeah. a ridiculously high. The conditions were perfect yep. for a fire. So, so the question comes in: Are they using an opportunity, or are they creating it? You know, what I mean, Hamas but, is fired rockets into israel for ever since hamas was created what 2006 so this is not something new that's what that's almost 20 years ago was that 17 years ago yeah yeah you know so so that's so they've been around for a while um i've got articles that i thought were written yesterday and they're written you know three years ago about uh you know the government not saying anything u.s government so if the if they're if this now does your friend have, say that there's no rocket attacks, that the buildings are not exploding. She that uh, what she said. She's telling me over. She was telling me over the phone that she hears all the sirens, but nothing near her with a rocket. She told me yesterday we were on okay, the phone. Okay, no, I believe it. And she's in yeah. Tel Okay. But she said that this they're is... panicking everybody to be on lockdown. Some areas you have uh, 30 seconds to run to hide. And no one is right. allowed to go anywhere. So they're going completely locked down right now. And, and the other thing is, all of a sudden, uh, since I think the beginning of this year, you cannot even mm-hmm. mention the word of Jesus because you go to prison. So that's In Israel? Hard because, you know, yeah, I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that doesn't you know, make sense to me. But, but here's, here's another yeah. question, though. With all of the people with cell phones and social media and everything else, you would think that one person would be getting, unless they have an internet lockdown. I don't know if they've done that. They but have. Can have yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so how come yeah. not, a, not a single word uh, from any citizen journalist, you know, like us, has gotten out? That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Uh, 
everybody's panicking and locked down right now. So the military is in control. Um, so, and you, you want know, the military in control there's, here. <laughs> there's confused. criminals in every country, uh, like over right. here, the Democrats, the radical left running the show. There, It's the same in every country, okay? There's good military and bad military. But, you know, right. um, something is going on in Israel. And like you said, it's one of the most powerful countries in the world, Israel. And this should yeah. not be happening to Israel, period. Mm-mm. Well, you know, what's and interesting, you know, too, I'm, is that, well, Gaza is such a small piece of land. Have you seen how tiny it is? I know. What's the holdup? Why would you even, why would you even hesitate? Um, mm-hmm. to, to do that, to not take it, you know, because yeah. it, with all the problems coming out of Gaza with the tunnels, with the borders and everything else, clean it up. Oh, yeah. And you tell people very simply, you know, you either join Israel and live peacefully or you go to Jordan. I mean, that's where the Palestinians came from. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember. About seven, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, what I was going to say, I remember uh, your reporter, I cannot think of her name. The ambassador, uh, what's her name? That she was reporting about all this in your show. I cannot uh, think of her name at the moment. Which one? Which 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 were we talking about? But she was talking about Israel and about all this country. She was like, uh, oh, oh, uh, Claire Lopez, Claire Lopez, when she Clara, was... yes, Clara, yeah, Clara was yeah, I want to get her back. all of it, and she's uh-huh. uh, she's well, very good. Gone. Yeah, she doesn't like some of our reports, though, so she doesn't come back. Pianchi, I got you for about seven minutes. And Pianchi Pianchi has a great idea for an hour. Uh, I want to do that maybe Thursday with you, so I want to talk to you off the air about that. Uh, But anyway, Pianchi, what's your comment for for Josie? And we got, like I said, just a little bit of time. Then you can all call back in afterwards. Once we, Naomi probably only has about half an hour, and so I'm going to jealously guard that (laughs) because I got a surprise. All right, go ahead, Pianchi. I don't know what you're – heck, I was wondering – Whatever you got is affecting everybody. It's like a cold. Who me? Oh yeah, yeah, programming. It uh, uh, why? You crisis. My program's fine. Mm. It's it's my the we got down. two hours and thirty-eight minutes. Uh, what time did you come on? At eight o'clock? Uh, uh no, but <laughs> about twenty-five to nine. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, the, website, the website. All right, here's the thing. The website wasn't up. I got a very special guest in five minutes, so I don't care um, uh, about you know the fact that we started late. That doesn't bother me. I really, you know, I miss talking to Brianna because she, she she can't can't call till next week. I'm sorry that we we shortchanged Josie and got with 20 minutes. Josie, if you want to call back anytime during the week, I have free time. Feel free. Um, but yeah, um, Okay, well, that, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I understand that. And Pianchi, of course, well, you know what we might do? After, I've got time after Naomi. Pianchi, if you want to talk about all the things you want to talk about, that'd be, that'd be let cool. Me, uh, let's get let to me Josie. finish. Uh-huh. Let me sure. finish since I, since I have to get ready for work in five minutes. Uh, okay. But my feelings, like I said about Israel, it's well organized, this whole thing. And I've mm-hmm. seen videos in the past where uh, the people in Gaza, after Israel throws a rocket or whatever, you should see all the people lined up in body bags, and they were making a video about it. And one guy, one journalist was videotaping it, and he thought the journalist left, and this guy kind of like got up from the uh, body bag. So it's it's just ridiculous, the whole thing. 
I mean, I hope I'm wrong about it because mm-hmm. it's sad what is happening to all these people, you know, dragging women uh, from this truck, and it's just horrible. Uh, the the videos that they're, you know, the, the regular news is not put in, but they're out there. Uh, but this whole corruption is being run in our country by the United Nations, George Soros, Obama, because uh, – Obama promised that he would transform the United States, and he's transforming the whole world, not just America. And that's where mm-hmm. we're at right now, the transformation of their way or the highway. And um, it's just we just have to pray about uh, our country, our people, and we have to stand <clears throat> against all the illegals coming in, and they're coming by the thousands, thousands every day, Greg. It is. No, I know. It's an invasion. Very and, uh, here's Here's what I have to say about Israel. Keep working on it. Find out what you can. I absolutely believe this Hamas attack is real. I don't think they can fake that much in the news. Uh, but how much of it know. is real, that's what we need to find out. And so if your friend in Tel Aviv and anybody else you know in Israel, uh, they're welcome to come on the show. We do have a Skype line. They can call directly in. You know, so uh, yeah, it's easy to know. do. You just call, call the regular show number, uh, and then uh, that connects you. Um, to an account, and I, I verify the account, and then uh, then people can call in. We used to have Barry Schott calling yeah. in from Israel. I'd love to get him back. Yeah, we were, talk, um, we were talking to WhatsApp only, not regular phone. So I don't okay. know what's going on, but we'll find out more. Uh, it, the truth always comes out eventually, you know, Greg? Um, like it or not, uh, believe it or not, you know, it will come out eventually on everything that we're seeing, our eyes are witnessing in this world. So, but you guys have a blessed day, and I'll be listening, and uh can hardly wait to hear Dr. Judy coming on. She says she's going to call. I haven't told Naomi about that. In fact, that's kind of a, that's going to be a fun surprise, but uh, apparently they haven't oh, talked. Oh, I'm sorry. So. That's okay. No, don't worry about it. No, it's no problem. No, no, no. I mean, it's close to the show. I don't surprise. care. <laughs> Yeah, I just didn't want to broadcast everywhere yet because it is it is kind of a surprise. But uh, yeah, so like I said, okay. Naomi should be here. I'll be listening. And, uh, all right. Okay. Sounds good. Talk to you next week and pray for all these people. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, find out what you can. All we'll, right. we'll keep chatting. Yeah. I will. God okay. bless. God bless you, Yankee. Right. God bless you too, Joe. Oh, he he already okay. left. He'll be back. <laughs> So this is a crazy show this morning. Um, I have, uh, you know, I, I feel weird talking to my cell phone rather than a microphone. We're having all these technical difficulties. It's a mess. So, again, as soon as Naomi calls in, I'm checking email just to make sure that uh, my folks uh, realize that life is okay and the show is going on. And uh, we'll just keep that. It looks like they, they got the message. Okay, good. So I'll keep going. I hesitate to play anything right now just because I want to, uh, want to maximize our time. So let me just tell you, uh, I've got some stuff here on Naomi Wolf. I mean, she is amazing. Some of the things she's done. I've got some bio here, biography. It says, uh, uh, she, uh, where's this from? This is the information I got. So let me just share some stuff about Naomi Wolf. It says, oh, uh, nope, that's Josie back again. And so let's see what's going on. Hey, hey, Greg, hey, hey. can you keep me on? Yeah. I'm going to mute myself because I cannot get through the Internet so I can continue listening to you guys, okay? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, so just mute me and I'll mute myself. Thank you. Bye. Okay, thanks, Josie. There we go. All right, so there we go. 
you know, see all the fun we have here? Today's improvised. I'm just pushing buttons. This is why I can multitask. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a, you know, like I say, I've got, for folks who don't know how to do this, if you want to be a blog talk radio talk show host, what you have to do is you've got to be able to, to work your keyboard with your left hand, mouse with the right hand, talk to your cell phone at the same time, and keep everything going. Let me get my, my bio, my whole time, when she gets here. And this is the stuff I got to read. But I've been reading about her anyway. In fact, I made some comments on her Substack article, which she may or may not recognize. We'll find out in a minute. And we've got, yep, she's due now, so we'll see. Anyway, it says, in this uncompromising investigation into today's most urgent issues, Naomi Wolf uses her own wildly politicized pilgrimage from New York Times best-selling author and high-level Democrat consultant to a journalist cast out from the elite political and social circles that once moved through is a stunning narrative framework that is both chilling and incisive. I don't know who writes this material. This is great. Anyway, she wrote a book called Facing the Beast, Courage, Faith, and Resistance in the New Dark Age. And so first thing I ask, I mean, the title is everything. So that's it. In fact, there she is. So just reading a little bio material. So just to, uh, I'll get my, my guest of the day uh, thing up here, but just to explain to Naomi, we're having all kinds of technical difficulties. Uh, things are crazy now. I'm on, I have to call my own show. I'm on my cell phone. But if something happens, just hang there. I'll call back in, and I'll get you back, and we'll do what we do best, which is improvise no matter what. So let me announce my guest of the day, Naomi Wolf. So the material I got, which is great information, said we have one of the most influential feminists, Dr. Wolf, is a best-selling author, columnist, and performer, professor. She's a graduate of Yale University and Oxford. She is co-founder and CEO of DailyClout.io. Dr. Wolf has long challenged conventional narratives on gender, foreign policy, economics, and journalism. She exposes the threats to liberty and democracy, providing audiences with the tools to fight back against powerful institutional forces. Wolf has written eight best-selling books on nonfiction, including The Beauty Myth, Give Me Liberty, and The End of America. And with that, let's bring on my special guest, Naomi Wolf. Welcome to Action Radio. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And I'm sorry your comms are uh, upended. I've had a lot of days like that. So no worries on my end. Okay, good. Yeah, well, no, we had the show, the, the website only came back about 20 minutes ago. So we've been oh feverishly communicating. Oh, yeah, and I'm on my cell phone. I had such an echo, I couldn't use that. But let's do uh, the first thing, which, of course, is give you a round of applause. Thank you. <laughs> And I know you've got a, a, a ton of uh, I've got a ton of questions for you, but let's just let's start with the book first. And then I want to tell you we've actually communicated. I was I made some comments on your Substack articles about vaccine product liability legislation. That's me. I'm that guy. So oh, I don't awesome. remember those. Yeah. yeah. So we'll sure. talk about that a bit. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about your book, Facing the Beast: Courage, Faith, and Resistance in the New Dark Age. So let's go to the beginning. What, who's the beast? Ha! Who is the beast indeed? Well. Um, so literally, that title comes from a section in the book, uh, which I also wrote about on Substack, in which we have a bear in our backyard, and the bear was like circling the house <laughs> trying to get oh, wow. in. And I had grabbed a BB gun by mistake and also don't know how to shoot a gun yet um, and was locked in the bathroom. So, so that was the beast because what that metaphor was is I didn't want to look out the window. I thought like I was in that state of shock where if you just don't you think well if I just don't look out the window the bear will go away um, and so that was a metaphor for um, a revelation which is a central revelation about the times we're in uh, that original research of mine has identified that 
the mRNA injections um, are manufactured by China and that the IP has been transferred to China per the SEC filing of BioNTech, the Pfizer V injections, uh, that was transferred 100% in 2021. And China produced a billion doses for external use. Their own people are not given this injection. And they opened 14 manufacturing plants in Western Europe and two in the United States. Um, And so, as your audience may know, this is relevant because our team of 3,250 doctors and nurses and scientists who volunteered to read through the Pfizer documents and issue 85 reports to date on what's in them has identified the greatest crime against humanity in recorded history, uh, and especially um, a, a crime against the next generation because the, there's a, a huge focus in the Pfizer documents on sterilization and ruining women's menstrual health and ruining women's reproductive health, making it impossible for them to nurse their babies and so on. So all of that is to say what we don't want to look at is that this is a bioweapon. Um, but also the book is about the last two and a half years and how, you know, half of humanity went along with a two-tier society and nonsensical obeisance to authoritarianism and hating their neighbors and believing things that are not true. Um, so that also is the beast. We have to face what we've been through. Interesting. Well, you're among friends because um, I had uh, Bill Gertz on in February 25th of 2020 talking about the Wuhan lab. So we got an early look at it. Mm-hmm. February 27th, two days later, I wrote a bill for Congress uh, saying that uh, Congress could only spend half the money on vaccines. The other half had to be spent on early treatments. March mm-hmm. 2nd, we came out and said that there is no pandemic. We've got cures because I had the DDL oh. study in March. France. And so I was up in, and then I got to be friends with Dr. Zelenko and we actually wrote a, a bill reforming the FDA. Um, but you've got a fellow crusader out there. Uh, are you familiar with the work of Dr. Judy Mikovits? Yes, I am. Okay, good. Well, cause she's here. <laughs> I invited her to come oh. on the show and join you. Okay. Judy, you want to introduce yourself and uh, you guys talk for a minute? Uh, <laughs> Let's see if I can talk. Good morning, Naomi. How are you? Good morning. How are you, Dr. Mikovits? Uh, you don't have to call me Dr. Mike. It's Judy's I know. We, we all call her Judy. Judy. Judy's been on like 30 times. We had a, a special okay. last year, um, 18 weeks of the world's greatest doctors panel. And Judy and Brian Artis and Jim Thorpe and Ben Marble, a bunch of other people were on. Uh, and so she's no offense. She's the only one who was publicly advocating our bill on vaccine product liability. And, mm-hmm. and one of the questions I have for you, just to kind of get things going, um, nobody's writing about it. If you're interested, I'd love if you could cover that because we want to try yeah. to convert folks from reporting to doing. And we've got another member of the Do Something Club I'll introduce you to in a bit. Judy's a doer. You're a doer too. But how do we how do we get into this world of, of citizen legislation? Uh, and then I'm, I'm turning oh. back over to Judy. Naomi? Oh, yeah, I can speak to that. I mean, I started my company, Daily Cloud, um, which is designed to address exactly this uh, okay. because I was a political consultant. And I saw how citizens are left out of the process of drafting and passing legislation. So you can literally find any state or federal bill on BillCam, which is our um, legislative uh, database, and you can share it through social media. And now we've added a Facebook competitor called Communities, where you can share a bill to your communities, or you can create communities around a bill. So um, if you've got, and also we take draft bills, like we're creating one right now for clean elections. We created a vaccine passport draft bill, a five freedoms draft bill that we passed in 33 states. So basically you give us your draft bill 
and we will pass it for you. Essentially, we'll create an awareness campaign around it and, um, and, and you know, ask people to lobby uh, it on a state level, um, state by state, unless it's a federal bill. Um, is it a state bill or a federal bill? Uh, we've got both. We've got state, local, and federal. <laughs> we've got everything. Uh, so I want to give you a website real quick. WriteYourLaws.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-R-L-A-W-S. WriteYourLaws.com. My email, so we can talk off the air and not give out your email, is Greg at WriteYourLaws.com. Oh, I am so glad you called because we need to talk. I think uh, we can do some amazing things. Yeah, Let's get back to Judy. Uh, so, Judy, from what um, Naomi is saying, you guys should be working together, too, because, you know, she's got the journalist and you've got the micro, the molecular biology end of it. Judy, what do you think? We actually have been working together just through the ether because I just listened to her beautiful book every time from the minute it came out. She's come to Godspeak Church here in um, Thousand Oaks and Tour area, so just so eloquently spoken, and yes, I recognize that that's not at all my wheelhouse and just love it, um, all that she's done since. Just haven't had a chance to connect in person yet. I mean, for real time, but we will. And and I just love everything you do, Naomi. And, and, yeah, that's not my wheelhouse, and I don't speak that language. And that's more, and you're so eloquent. Oh, that's very kind. Well, the beautiful thing about the moment we're in, in addition to, you know, it's got its share of horrors for sure, is that the in which we find ourselves is driving people from different disciplines to, you know, create conversations and relationships and new institutions um, that are less corrupt than the ones that are collapsing in front of us. Um, so yes, I, I look forward to uh, to to talking more with Dr. with Judy as well. I'll get you guys connected. Judy, why don't you give your public email, and that way everybody can have it, and uh, and Naomi can get in touch with you directly. Uh, yeah, Dr. Judy, D-R-G-J-U-D-Y at therealdrjudy.com. And my phone number, you want that too? <laughs> You're on the air, Judy. The... You can... No, I, I wouldn't put that out. <laughs> my, What's that? My husband's a security guy, and he would say not a good idea. No, don't, no, no, don't give it. You're on the air, Judy. This is a podcast forever. No, no, no. China listens to us. Vietnam, Cuba—they all listen to us. You know, I don't want you to know. Anyway, I'm sorry. Ex- Better go with the exactly. Email. They all know my phone number. <laughs> I know it's it. not a problem. That's all right. I'm good. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. We're just um, doing so much, you know, to network and and you know the disciplines. We've I, we've always been multidisciplinary. And, you know. Fort Detrick, and the only thing I would change about what I heard in the first few minutes was, hey, it's not an it, and it, and it's not Wuhan, and it, they modeled Wuhan after Fort Detrick, and we started, I think, 1975, 80, when all of this started, right there, Fort Detrick and, and beyond, um, you know, Russia. I, I think if you see our books, Ending Plague, the KGB was in our labs, and I trained them, Japan, China, you name it, um, and... and uh, you know, it is and always was Fort Detrick and uh, and really the Cancer Institute. It, you know, Fauci's a false flag um, fool, whatever you want to say. But uh, if you if you see Ending Plague, the most censored book, then you see what they really don't want you to see. You know, every single shot since 1986 has been mRNA, animal whether it's animal, monkey, kidney, aborted fetal, and never tested, not once. And that's what I was showing this past, you know, these past few years. 
all the hydras and everything. It's all in everything. The false flag is that it was just this Moderna. That's just how we get the plasmids. Oh, yeah, the pre-XMRV1 and 2 and the immaculate recombination like it never happened before when they took me out in 2011. Um, yeah, us out, I guess I should say, the whole lineage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to hold you up in the interest of time because I think you, I think yeah, I see yeah, another yeah. book between you. Um, but uh, yeah, Naomi, yeah. how far back have you how far back have you been able to trace COVID? Because I'm I'm with Judy on this. This goes back decades. What do you think? I, you know, I don't really have an answer for that. I mean, I guess the thing that struck me and my husband both, and he's from an intel background, is when we were sitting in lockdown, quote unquote, in March of 2020, um, and there was this like terrified world announcement about COVID, we looked at each other because we had both read like scientific papers about it from November of the previous year. It wasn't new. Um, So that was mystifying. And of course, I'm familiar with event 201, which was also 2019. So, uh, and I guess the last thing I would say uh, from my background, not as an epidemiologist, because I'm not one, but as, as I mentioned from a, as a former, you know, political consultant as, and as a journalist, is that the way the campaign announcing a pandemic, which, by the way, is a word that was not in organic use, it was coined, um, but the, as I'm sure your audience knows, the way it was rolled out, and it was rolled out with the same talking points, the same kind of don't kill grandma, you know, messaging in, you know, hundreds of languages around the world at the same time, that's not possible without a lot of planning. So I would definitely say judging from the media messaging and the way our captured institutions um, went in lockstep, you know, from CDC to the FDA to to Pfizer to the media, um, that that takes a lot of advanced coordination and planning. Um, that's, what, that's all I know. The, the Pfizer documents themselves don't reveal um, kind of the origin of, of the virus. They, um, they reveal horrible things about the vaccine, one of them being most recently we found that in May of 2021, um, the White House knew that there were uh, blood clots and um, thrombotic thrombocytopenia and heart damage, pericarditis, myocarditis at scale, and instead of coming clean with the American people, they held a an emergency communications meeting with uh, Dr. Walensky, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Collins. Um, this was driven by the White House uh, to cover up and to create a script, which is wholly redacted. Um, one of our lawyers foiled uh, this information, and so uh, you know, then then you had the mandate subsequent to that. So this is so criminal because the White House knew that this was killing people and injuring them severely. And instead of coming clean, pulling it off the market, they doubled down and mandated our, our frontline workers, our soldiers, our sailors, our pilots, and so on. And the last thing I would say, because Judy brought up plasmids, is um, another big story our team has broken uh, this past week, um, building on the work of others, probably including Judy, if, if I'm not aware of that, forgive me, but certainly including um, uh, Open DAET and uh, Josh Geeks cause in Tel Aviv is um, that there was a secret trial within a trial in which 252 people were injected with contaminated, um, a completely different formulation than the one they got the EUA for, uh, with fragments of DNA and with E. coli. 
and those people had 2.4 times the adverse events as the placebo group of about 250 people. And that's the version that they put in arms. The version was 2.4 times the adverse events. It's, it's just unbelievable. Oh, I think it's very believable because uh, there's a purpose behind it. And it was well planned, as Judy says. Um, the thing I find frustrating is that people are so willing to. I don't get Judy. I want to get a response, but people are so willing to believe. Uh, Naomi, have you, in your analysis of this, and this might help uh, Judy as well, and all of us activists to try and understand what's going on because it's so clear to us what's happening. But why are people so willing to believe? Why were they so willing to put on a mask? Why were they so willing to social distance? Why were they so willing to put something into their arm that they had no idea what was in it and to scream at people, literally, in public for those that didn't? You know, what happened to our population of, you know, independent, you know, land of the free, home of the brave Americans? They would become the land of the idiots or the, the, the gullible. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> I, Judy, do you want to pick that one up? Or? <laughs> Yeah, Judy, feel free. <laughs> that's a tough one. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't see it. I, I, I have absolutely no idea. I, uh, I was on a trivia team on a, at a meeting the other night, and I'm like, don't pick me for trivia. Anything I know is considered a lie. <laughs> the only thing, I, the only answer I got all night was the show me. The Missouri is the show me state because I do data. It's data. It's been there all along. The, the myocarditis, the pericarditis, you know, the only thing I keep saying, it's not this, it's not it, it's not that virus. We've been constructing them. SARS-CoV-2 was injected in every polio vaccine since 2004, and so was the pandemic strain of of flu, of influenza. We know our friend John Cullen, Greg, and that was 2004. They cloned them both. They put them in the cell lines that were in our vaccines, and they injected away every polio shot. Why do you think Gates said, oh, everybody go get a polio shot? I don't get it. I just, I just don't get it. Viral myocarditis, whether the virus is synthetic or from nature, has been around. The athletes were dying from the Gardasil shots on the field. This is the big premeditated murder. Doctors, nurses, I'm infected with every synthetic virus from Ebola to you name it, and I'm just fine because it's not the poison. It's the pathway. Our immune system can fix it if we just think all we got to do is no more injections. That's the big thing from Dell Big Tree. What are they afraid of? That we'll walk away from big big pharma totally and take mm-hmm. back our health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Judy, what's your theory about why? Is it just so that we'll all be kind of disabled all the time and dependent on pharmaceutical products? I mean, I personally see it as a geopolitical right now, the last three years is a geopolitical attack, especially because in the Pfizer documents, there's disproportionate um, harm ge- geopolitically. There's 36,000 adverse events in the United States. Uh, the next largest tranche is in Western Europe in order of political importance, um, Britain, France, Germany, uh, Italy, Greece, Spain, and the, all the 52 countries around the world combined um, where this was rolled out at up to only 7,000 adverse events. Correct. And more than geopolitical, um, cultural. We got to get the blacks. We got to get the military. We got to get the doctors. We're exposed all the time, so we become the most susceptible. We're the canaries in the coal mine, and it's all about liability. Because when all liability was removed from big pharma and placed on HHS in 1986, not a single placebo 
saline controlled safety study. That's right. the big discovery. The proof was 18, 19, 17. I've said it over and over again. We all sat in the office of Jason Chavitz, March 31st, 2017, when he was oversight committee chair. Uh, we all sat there, Bobby Kennedy, Del Bigtree, Riza Islam, Dr. Noen Chandra, Dax Lyonsweiler, Tony Bark, um, Michelle Ford, you name it. We were all there on all the vaccines. We showed them all the data, sat right there, mm-hmm. and he said he'd do something. And we all know what he did. He quit. And he's liable. Liability for our Congress. Winner. They gonna when are they gonna admit they participated in these crimes against the American people and humanity? But can I like why? Right? Like Ask I am, yeah, no, that's a good point. A disease uh, to affect the economy of nations. Welcome trust. Right, Welcome right, trust. Right. Always in it. UK. Who controls the journals? Scientific journals, as Jim Thorpe and I keeps criminal fraud since 2000, premeditated murder, cover it all up, call it something else, and move on. There's nothing to see here. Yeah. I know, Let me just I jump just, in for a second. Yeah. Naomi, do you, do you have to leave at the bottom of the hour? Because there's a couple of things I, I want to accomplish. Sure. Music. No, all right, so we got to get you back. Um, let me get your response to that. Then i got to introduce you to one more member of the Do Something Club. Well, I, I guess the going back that far, you know, puzzles me, right? I mean, I believe you. I And by the way, I also want to say to you um, that there are, if you go to Bill Camp and you look up vaccines, there are some good existing uh, bills that uh, strip um, immunity from pharmaceutical companies already that reverse the PrEP Act, basically. So I think it's fantastic that you've got a draft bill, but um, we can get started immediately by um, passing one of these bills that's already been introduced and sponsored. Um, so going back to what Judy has been saying, it, it confused it. I don't know how to process it because, you know, I'm a political analyst. And so to me, especially with my findings of China, you know, and the White House is involved. And I believe, of course, this is a, a, a White House is captured by China, Forum, World Health Organization, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all these bad guys that I identified in my last book, The Bodies of Others, and this book, Facing the Beast, as wanting to kill us, basically, especially in the West, I get the current political moment. I get, and Ed Dowd and I have talked about this, that, you know, basically with the scale of injury and death and sterilization that we've seen in the Pfizer documents and that Ed Dowd is independently confirming through his data sets, um, and the people flooding over the border, and I'm the daughter and granddaughter of immigrants, it's not, you know, I believe in illegal immigration, this is something completely different. Basically, all you, as he put it, all you need to do is wait five years, and people who remember what a democracy is and what human rights are will be dead or disabled. And there will be millions of people in Western Europe and North America basically taking the place of the population that has been killed off, right? The people coming over the border are not being compelled to be vaccinated. And they don't remember. You know, many of them come from countries where feudalism and autocracy are, are absolutely standard. So, It's a great way to invade and destroy America and Western Europe without firing a shot and letting time do its work. And, you know, something I really want people to be aware of is that there's been a 13 to 20 percent drop in live births. Um, Our team and independently Jim Thorpe found the mechanism whereby women's reproductive capacity and also men's 
is being destroyed by these lipid nanoparticles, by the patients uh, uh, in the placenta, by the mRNA in the breast milk, by the lipid nanoparticles accumulating in the ovaries. Um, horrible, horrible things that are leading to what we're seeing. Like, your audience needs to think, when is the last time you saw a heavily pregnant woman? You know, not a slightly pregnant woman with a tiny belly, but a really, really heavily pregnant woman, full-term baby. Midwives are saying they have to deliver babies two months early now because the placentas are so compromised. Um, so this is, this is what we're going to see, like catastrophic drops in live birth. Go ahead. Yeah, you're exactly right. In, institutional memory, the MIP, five years. We've been 15 years since our discovery base, our paper, our discovery, you know, 2008. We had the cure for this aggressive prostate cancer, 2008. We understand the XMRVs. What's the key? A protein, a peptide called syncytin that every mammal all the way back to lizards, S-Y-N-C-Y-T-I-N, synthesize cells together. It's what holds the fertilized embryo into the uterine cell wall. How we get identical twinning, that's what I am. It's the signaling, it's the hormone, it's syncytin. Humans have it. When you put a ton of animal, aborted fetal, everything else into humans, we've been causing these and following this, call it in vitro fertilization, isn't always has been this march through these shots to change the base pairs, the code, to kill the most, but to make it look like it didn't happen immediately. So the detonate switch comes from somewhere else. But the key peptides um, are in the sequences. That's why we clone the different viruses and inject them, the noceum of Ralph Barrick. If we really look at the data, and that's why the data was all removed Thank God we got it from our labs from the five decades. I can show you every single one. We have the cell lines. We have the data. They're in the freezers. They've been there since uh, since I was arrested, or I mean kidnapped. Yeah. I was never arrested. So we're we're good. We just have to convince yeah. people to stop every injection, and we can fix this. I need to get you both back for an extended, like, three-hour show, but I'll work on that a bit. I want to bring on Laura Bartlett, who's, uh, who does uh, ourpatientrights.com and is another oh, one of the uh, – do something, folks. I know Judy knows Laura. Laura knows Judy, but Naomi, I don't think you do. So, Laura, so you got – and then we got to get back to uh, uh, Naomi's book for, for closing because she only has a few more minutes. Laura, why don't you go ahead? Well, hey, uh, good to be talking to both of you guys. Good to hear from you again, Judy. Nice to meet you, Naomi. And uh, it's nice. It's good to be in good company of people actually doing shit. It's 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 good for people. Can I say that on this radio? I'm not sure. Well, you do. Let's get your website and what the the contract is, uh, and then say we got really short on time. In a nutshell, I don't want to. I feel like I'm hijacking something really cool here, so I'll I'll get out quick. But um, Mm. you know, for all this stuff to happen in the last three years, you needed the hospitals to be complicit. You needed the doctors in the hospitals to go along to get along. And uh, we've got a, a document that's novel. It's new. It didn't exist before. And it puts the doctor on notice that if he violates this current consent, not an advanced directive, but a current consent document, that he is now choosing to violate your bodily autonomy and it's intentional toward a battery. So now it's criminal. So regardless of whether or not there's anything that can be done with the PrEP, it doesn't matter. 
it'd be like uh, walking up to somebody in the hallway and hitting them with a two by four. Uh, you are, you're, you're, this is criminal now. I told you don't, you know, give me a colonoscopy. I'm in here for a broken finger. You gave me a colonoscopy. That's violating my rights, informed consent. So anyway, the document's at ourpatientrights.com. It's been used effectively for planned surgeries, emergency visits. It turns the culture of that doctor's uh, environment around a 180. Doctors are, they apologize profusely after they get this document. Um, they act like they have yeah. no idea why the police were called on patients and hauled out after they get the document. Uh, investigations are opened as to why the yeah. police were called to haul them out. So anyway, it's at ourpatientrights.com. And... I'm sorry, I just sorry, have to go ahead, we got like a minute left, so it's ourpatientrights.com. Yep, I'll get your it. email to uh, Naomi also. Naomi, however much time you have left, let's uh, let's talk about the book, where to get it. Uh, anything else you want to uh, talk about in the time you have? Do you order Facing the Beast, uh, Courage, Faith, and Resistance in a New Dark Age on Amazon? I know we have mixed feelings about Amazon, but it's very important, especially because I'm being targeted yet again with one more global smear campaign. Um, it's very important uh, to let the bookselling world know that we won't be silenced and that this message is supported. So um, please do. And I guess I just want to conclude by saying the book also, PCBs also explains that I've concluded that we're, that material and political standard history can't explain the time period and what we're seeing. It's too weird and it's too aberrant and too synchronized. AI can explain some of it, but um, overwhelmingly I've concluded that we are in kind of a biblical time in which, in which there is a spiritual battle going on between good and evil, and that um, the things we're discussing are kind of manifestations of that. And so in addition to fighting on a material plane, we have to fight on a spiritual plane as well. That's my concluding thought. Yeah, I'm sorry about the time pressure, but uh, like I say, you're welcome back anytime. And Judy and, and Laurie, you're welcome to stick around, too, for as much time as you have. We've got plenty of show left since I started so right. late. Uh, me, thank you so much. I'll text you the bills. I'll get you the information. We'll get in touch. I'll get everybody connected, everybody else, and we shall go from there. Thank you, Naomi Wolf. Thanks. All right. All right, she had to go. I mean, it would put it right up. She's probably got to call the next interview right now. So, unfortunately, in radio world, <laughs> they only do, you know, like two minutes or three minutes normally. And that's, that's not enough time for me to say hello, you know. And, uh, and Judy has, has these amazing, you know, molecular biology lessons, which I, I hate to interrupt, but, I, you know, I sort of <laughs> – <laughs> well, otherwise but but you know anyway now we got time now we got another but, two hours if you want <laughs> go ahead but, and i love i love to hear laura more if if she has a second too but you know the reason for the molecular biology lessons is because the the wording you know i heard it i listened for it that naomi keeps saying the pfizer documents you know which ones you want the ones back to hiv AIDS? Which ones do you want? I got them all in my freezer. Which one for Merck? When, well, but this was, I was, you know, I got the samples. Of, you know, I was in Upjohn. This is in our book, Ending Plague. I'm in Upjohn in 1986. I left because of the corruption in, in Washington. And, you know, I get up there and Upjohn's making a blood product. And they said, oh, we don't have HIV in Michigan, but we got to check it. Um, so they flew me back on their Learjet back and forth every Monday. Why is up John going to the FDA in a Learjet every week? 
you know, and find this 25-year-old kid who quit the NCI spot on when I watched them change data. And the boss said, I don't care. And people were committing suicide, the, the undergraduates, the postdocs, the students, because they weren't going to do that. They couldn't do that. They, you know, read that or listen to that book, more importantly, Ending Plague. You know, listen to the real Anthony Fauci. Listen to Naomi's book. And she answers her previous book was what I was listening to. I'll, I'll get Facing the Beast to Johanna and Rich, and we'll get it in, you know, in our bookstores. And offline, we're, we're creating new publishing, as you know, Dell Bigtree, The High Wire. They are censoring these things. So the why is just that everybody thinks she He's got it. It didn't happen overnight. And and, and and Laura's correct. You know, you had to get the buy-in from the doctors. How do you get the buy-in from the doctors who in 1986 were saying, we won't go there and killed themselves rather than to do that in their research? And it's not that the, the, the science is not medicine. They practice a PhD with a true PhD, not a big pharma commercial, not a clinical study with statistics. There are lies, damn lies, and we don't do consensus science. It's either data or it's not. And this is what the data never lie. So our, our, our literature, our papers, you know, a thousand papers, you know, whoever, Tony Fauci, Peter Murray, they're opinion papers. They're opinion. They're not data. It takes a long time to generate data. If you hear ending plague, you know exactly why. We have the cure for AIDS, for neuro-AIDS, which they call chronic Lyme disease. It's HIV GP120. Kaiser has to pay for that because of ACT UP. The big why is they're liable right now, and just like Laura's doing, when the doc criminally liable. So is Jason Chavitz, criminally liable. I want to see that change. You know, Rand Paul, I'm sorry, don't sit there for 20 years and tell us what we've known 20 years ago and you do nothing. We're action radio. We do it. Amen. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew it was good to get all three of you together. I just had a feeling. Uh, in fact, I didn't think of it until yesterday afternoon. I said, I got to get Judy and, and Naomi together because I didn't know if you'd uh, communicate it. But you're, on, you're doing such similar things, but from different angles. You know, she's the political, the investigator, she's the writer, and you're the, the, the scientist, the data person. And you just have to combine those two. And I, I can see you two writing a book easily. <laughs> you know, so it's right. be interesting. And we speak yeah. different languages. We speak different languages. And my language is lost. That institutional memory of what is true science. This is why we started here a, a Substack because I realized when I heard Joe Larapo that in at God Speak Church I'm like uh oh he doesn't know and and he's and he's brilliant but they don't know and so they if we can just reset it back five years and we don't have to go back 45 they win. Well, that's why I asked that question to Naomi, how far back does her knowledge go? Because you go back decades. You know, you go back to AZT and Bactrim and Dr. Fascist, and you know that whole story, and people have forgotten that. But it, the, the COVID is just a repeat of, of AIDS, right, pretty much? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. XMRV. HIV is an XMRV. It's a synthetic virus. Cured that, didn't we? You know, sorry, hmm. SARS-CoV-2, every polio vaccine since 2004, and nobody got Nobody got hurt. And I'm saying this over radio across this entire country like I've done for two years. 
And not one person has ever said, no, you're wrong. We didn't, we didn't put it in every polio vaccine since 2004. That's why these kids are testing positive, because they're injected and they have no immune system. That's why they dropped, because we just created AIDS. Oh, that's why the same thing they did before. Who controls the journals? Oh, peer review, your Institute of Medicine, John Coffney and Lipkin, Tony Fauci, the highest levels. It, does anybody know that the entire government the entire HHS has to sign off on a paper from a principal investigator from the National Cancer Institute. Why does it matter if the EPA or the CDC signs off on that paper? They want you to see that they don't, you don't know where the co-poisons are, where the co-pathogens are. A virus is a poison. Lee Merritt's right. Everybody's right. But what they don't see is there's no it. We've got to stop saying it. There's no one virus. We, every sequence you change. We all say EBV. Well, we have variants of HIV that are into the hundreds of thousands as we reconstructed there in our labs, no CM method. Who created the manufacturing plants? I did. How do you grow the virus, cripple the immune system? How do you immortalize, transform a cell line? It's all in the book, and the book's a legal document that that Ken Eckeliger, my lawyer, has been writing. All three books. All three books. So all three books. And the FBI, the DOJ, the Ninth Circuit Court have had all of these data since May of 2014. That's when I got out of jail. Oh, because my legal defense, when I couldn't say a word about XMRV, they just changed the name. It's all AIDS, and it's not VAIDS. We're not going to let it go V8. I could have had a V8. No, I got vaccine AIDS, and so did my children, and so did my grandchildren. The why is it takes three generations, Jim Thorpe, and you've got to get it in utero. Our umbilical cord stem cells, when I started in 1980, and I, I, it's all in the book, umbilical cord stem cells. We collected them from Frederick Memorial Hospital, took them right to Fort Detrick. They didn't have any genetic changes, MTHFRs, none of that. Those are somatic, meaning they happen from the environment. These are not genetic disease. God did not make oncogenes. There's no such thing, Harold Barmas. That's a cult called scientism. We don't care about your Nobel Prizes. Carla said it in a substack the other day, and it's like a thank you. No, why are we honoring prizes that are from, um, you know, the Lasker Award is the American Nobel Prize. Dynamite is the Nobel Prize. Oh, so the guy <laughs> that does better than dynamite or the, or the sterilization, Sanger, David Martin. Go back. This is all about insurance. And, and, and their insurance libel. We don't have to file lawsuits. We're filing insurance claims. I love the angle. Yeah, now they're criminally liable. No, it is informed consent. We'll do true immunization, not vaccination. That's why I keep saying vaccination is not immunization. It's sterilization and extermination, and it always has been. Always. Since my, my whole life, I walked into Fort Detrick National Cancer Institute, June 10th, 1980, and I saw it all, but I never did it all, and I never complied every single time I walked away. I walked away when I saw them change data in 1986. The Dunn walked upstairs. The, the boss, 
boss, the head, not my boss, not Frank Rossetti. It's in the book, the overboss of the whole biological response modifiers program. Biological response modifiers. What changes our immune system? How does it change it? What's the poison? Oh, we cured AIDS in 1980s. Candace Pert, peptide T, Lyme disease. Peptide T, it's the same peptide that's in GP120. Syncytin, the snake venom peptide that holds the fertilized embryo. Syncytin, and you don't so well. All mammals have it, so we don't lay our eggs in the snakes, don't eat them in the soil. Come on, folks, it's not rocket science. It's you take yeah, it's because they coming coming from you. (laughs) It is rocket science for the rest of us. <laughs> Laura, let's get you in on this here because uh, it's your turn. And I'm going to send this to Naomi when we're, we're done. She'll get the podcast and everything. So you guys can leave messages. You can do whatever you want. Laura, what's going yes. on? Well, it's such an honor to be talking with both of you guys. And uh, Judy, God bless you. Man, giving it to the man way back then. I really appreciate everything you've ever, ever done. Thank you. Um I'm I'm feeling a slightly uh, above average intelligence just listening to you, but um, I I really appreciate that you got the um, the informed consent thing that you said that because the the stuff in the hospital would not have flown, which means then the 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 vaccines wouldn't have had a a chance really to catch on because the fear wouldn't be there if people weren't body you know toe tagged and body bagged in hospitals in the last three years and you need the complicity you need the hospital doctors to be complicit and go along to get along and just run roughshod over patients informed consent if that did not happen you wouldn't have had people die because it really was the protocol that was killing them the yeah, correct. And do you the know, of, do you sorry, know physicians for do you know physicians for informed consent? Look up PIC. We were physicians for informed consent in 17, 2017, and maybe even a little earlier. And we were showing this with the Gardasil shots. These kids were dropping dead on the football field. They were driving their car three months after the shot. All of this data, all of these data, was known by Bobby, Brian Hooker, us. We did, we did. Interestingly enough. A study in corruption, a panel discussion where Mike Hugo, who wrote with Barbara Lowe Fisher the compensation program in the 1986 law, you know, for, for table injuries, 1986theact.com. We were, we were right there in a study of corruption in, in, in Autism One in May of 2016, showing all of this all the way back. Most of that's been censored, but thank God we got that in the last chapter of Plague of Corruption. See, Bobby Kennedy knows this, and he plays it so well. He's brilliant, and I just love him because (laughs) he follows the law, and he listens to you just like you do. So when we can say it clearly, and unfortunately, nobody speaks my language, um, um, and I'm trying to translate i'm trying that's why you're so funny and i love you because i use those phrases so that so that i can i i I sit on these shows so i can hear how to say it better you know kent and i write it over and over again i'm you know i i i talk it and kent transcribes Mm -hmm. it into a document and then he writes it as a sixth grade science teacher in words somebody understands oh and nobody in this country not one of our doctors understands 
sixth grade science? Why did, no, not, why did nobody know the base pairs that made up our DNA are the same as the base pairs that made up the DNA of horses with their little ivermectin horse face or a class of drugs called purinergic modulators? Purines, coffee, caffeine. He doesn't have caffeine. It has theobromine. It's a different purine, but nobody knows how to look at the chemical structure and tell anything. They're all just a bunch of morons. Yeah, how and they call themselves the physicians. Judy, <laughs> Sorry. It, must be, it, it must be infinitely um, frustrating for you to be um, a thinker in a world where people have, um, they forgot how to think or question. Well, Fortunately, um, I've always been in a place where all the thinkers are so much fun. Candace Burt, <laughs> Luke Montagne, Frank Rossetti. Boy, be in that lab in the 80s. Listen to Ending Plague. I mean, we're talking to the gay guys. I'm the one stuffing the AZT down their face and watching them swallow it, just like they try to do to you in jail when they have to make you swallow your poison. Um, and one guy's beautiful and the other guy's not. And I'm like, come on, what are you doing? And they're like... Uh-uh. And I'm like, look, I'm the same kid you are. I'm, you're killing us. And I'm saying, just tell yeah. me the difference and we'll do it. Oh, med- cannabis. You know, we demonize marijuana. Why do you see? Watch the commercials on TV all night. You might have to do a few terpenes and a little cannabinoids, um, but watch them <laughs> and see the lies they're telling you. I mean, I get to go into my little terpene psychoses and follow them, and it's actually fun because you can see their game and they can't hide it. Because once you say it clearly, they get it, and that's what you're here for. <laughs> you just got to find a way to relate to people. This is the idea. I mean, I, I taught flying, and I made complex subjects understandable. If you ever get my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. So, Judy, if you need a writer, I'm more than happy to take, uh, you know, molecular biology, you know, 808 <laughs> instead of 101 and translate it into English. I mean, I'll try. I mean, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what I do. But I like relating simple things and making stories. I'll tell you one of the revelations I had, Jesus this probably might be new to you. Everybody's worried about carbon dioxide. And it's, it's you know, they're scared of carbon dioxide uh, as they are of COVID. And carbon dioxide, without carbon dioxide, the plants die and we die. You know, we just had Gregory Wrightstone on recently, and, and I was talking about this with him, and, and I came to the conclusion that the internal combustion engine, which runs on hydrocarbons, in other words, hydrogen and carbon, plus oxygen mixed in the carburetor or the, or the fuel injector and burnt creates energy. Well, it's the same formula as carbohydrates, it's the same carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. And so when you tell people that, it's like, what? I said, this is natural. It's natural to have carbon dioxide in the air. It's part of the carbon cycle. It's part of life. So I've never asked you this before, Judy, but do you see the parallels I do? The hydrocarbons that are petroleum, that are gasoline, that goes into our car engine, mixed with oxygen and burns, is almost the identical process to carbohydrates, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, which we burn for energy. Am I, am I, am I under something here? Yeah. You're, well, you correctly are. And if you look at the chemical structure, uh, mm-hmm. hemoglobin, Hemoglobin has a nitrogen scaffold that holds iron, Fe2+, charge. Um, and okay. chlorophyll, chlorophyll has the same nitrogen scaffold that holds magnesium. So we catch the ferritin on the way out of the cell with, you know, chlorella, spirulina, milk thistle. That's what cured the AIDS guys. Milk thistle, chlorella, spirulina. It's, I mean, we got the patents for how to fix it with natural products. Yes. And, and fungisome, and, you know, what's a parasite? Anything that robs oxygen. Is it Tony Fauci? <laughs> you know, what, or the mask <laughs> you, you, you put on your face. 
Watch the high wire from about three weeks ago. Now a paper came out in Jeffrey Jackson. This is what I encourage my team to do. They don't have to read my playbook or do it, but if they don't play, I bench them. Um, if they don't do the homework, I bench them on the team. There's they're still <laughs> love. It's just that I can't have you play if you're playing your game. There's no I in team. Um, so um, if you look, if you if you look at that at the high wire, only point zero two. And in our book, the case or the truth again about the mass, you know, we breathe in four percent. I mean, I mean, we breathe in point four percent CO two, zero point four percent. We exhale when we metabolize metabolize those carbohydrates. We did carbohydrate loading and poisoned ourselves where we stretched our mitochondria running a marathon. The exact opposite wrong thing to do. Oh, fat, folks. You know, and and so you're exactly right. We breathe out 100 times more CO2 and our plants metabolize it, not our smart cities. Hmm. And, And it's all been Joni Mitchell. Pave paradise and put in a parking lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just go back to the old music. I've been, I've been listening to her album over and over again in the car. Just to get some sanity into my world and make it fun, you know, and I was I was traveling a bit, and I got to stay away just until my skin turns brown and go home to California because I'm not giving up on California. <laughs> well, we make it fun here. We have all kinds of jokes and things going on. I mean, that's constantly, you know, making fun of everybody. And you have to. It's the only way to keep your sanity. But that's a great way to reach people. Is you, you find that common thing, that emotional, you know, thing that uh, that people can connect to, and it makes perfect sense. Um, it's, it's like getting to that question earlier: Why are people so willing to believe things that will hurt them, as opposed to things that will help them? Why, why, you know, where do we lose our way? How do we connect with people? <clears throat> Say, you know, like what are you wearing a mask for? Especially inside your car with the windows up. That's just dumb. It's like common mm. logic and reason. Well, no, we, we go logic think... reason. Go ahead, Judy. I think you do what Laura did. No, it's a crime. You're driving drunk. We're going to hold you criminally liable. Nobody should be on an airplane with a mask, and especially not a flight attendant who has to communicate with you the minute, the, you know, the only mask I said, hey, drop it from the ceiling, I'll wear it. You know, and they're like, this is it, and beat me up. You know, come on, get a clue. Nobody in the exit yeah. row wears a mask. You know, and, and yeah, the flight attendant somebody... in the Southwest agrees with me. It's illegal. That's how you do it. You are driving drunk, and I will measure your blood levels, and I will prove it. Perfect. Well, you know, the ox- do you know the oxygen content of an airplane at cruise altitude? As opposed to sea no. level? You- oh. Because I remember telling you this before, you didn't know that the cabin pressure of an airplane, most people don't unless you're a pilot. I was a flight instructor, and I want to get back into it. I didn't win the lottery, so not this week. Anyway, um, 15%. <laughs> it's 15%. Airplanes are, are pressurized to 8,000 feet. That's 3,000 feet above Denver. They're not pressurized to sea level. So if you're in an 8,000-foot right. cabin, you're getting about 15% oxygen as opposed to 22% at sea level. So you're already, you've already knocked off you know, 7% of your available oxygen. You put a mask on and Judy knows this, how much more, how much more does that restrict your oxygen? And then if you have a couple of drinks on top of it, you're going to pass out. <laughs> right? Judy? Uh, right. Yeah. Or, or you, or you drink diet Coke. The aspartame will take care of that too. 
They're value shaming you as they're feeding you glyphosate, and you're going to pass out. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Laura, what do you think about uh, the, the, when you were talk about your contracts and, and go to the hospitals and, and, and the resistance that you see out there? What, what, how, is, it, is it all based on fear or is there just a reluctance to believe something good? I think people really want to believe that the climate change is going to kill us. We, they have this sort of, you know, it's not quite a death wish, but they want to believe the worst as opposed to the best. But, hey, carbon dioxide's great. Go ahead and drive that V8. You know, go get your, your, your Dodge Charger and, and cruise, you know, across the country. It's good for the environment. You yeah. tell people that, that's going to freak them out. So, Laura, what, what do you think is yeah. behind it, the, just the, the I, thought process? I think groupthink is a pretty powerful um, lever for people. Nobody wants to be different, you know. Maybe it's a self-preservation thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. group, you know, everybody kind of went along to get along. Everybody in the last three years. I remember, I remember standing outside of Home Depot. I just wanted to go in and get my, you know, paintbrush or whatever it was I needed and right. everybody's standing six feet apart. I'm just like, really? We're, <laughs> really? I mean, you're going along with this? This is so weird. Yeah, I would, I would but, stand next uh, to some babe and say, want a hug? You know, in the six-foot line. I mean, just to, just to be me. <laughs> but Yeah, it, it, it was um, – it It's weird. Uh, I, all I can explain is that it's – it's easier for people to, they just want to blend, don't stand out. And you're obviously going to stand out if you question things. Uh, uh-huh. so I think we've all been kind of indoctrinated by, um, you know, where our place is in the hierarchy of authority. And I think that you kind of, everybody kind of cows down to the, uh, whatever the authority figure is that told, told them this was this and that was that. And don't step out of line. You know, and you just, I think, Judy, I have this theory. Uh, I've never wanted to be uh, like a preschool, a preschool teacher or anything like that. That was never, you know, in my, my uh, ambitions. But I mean, if I were to do education all over again and people just look at me like, are you crazy? I would almost want to put a bunch of kids in a room as, as soon as you get them into whatever that school program is, whatever you want to call it, school. You put them in a room, and, and their desks are completely disassembled, and they have to walk in. And you don't tell them, go grab your seat in the same place, look forward. Everybody put their feet on the ground. Everybody do the same thing like robots. It, I would like them to say, well, what do we do? Good. That's great. That's a question. You know, where do we sit? Yep. Another great question. And then they go, but what is all this stuff? Another great question. And I would just let them question, question, question until they start picking up the pieces of their desk and start putting them together. Because it's I love this lack <laughs> I really of questioning. Or they, they should, I think education starts with question. But if you've got this indoctrination of never questioning authority, you, you tamp that down at a very, very young age. And I'm not talking about just be uh, rebel for the sake of rebelling. I'm saying ask some really good questions. And, and by the way, there's, I kind of ascribe to the idea that there aren't really any wrong questions. I need you to start thinking in questions from the moment you can start talking. And um, anyway, that's, that's my idea of education anyway, because once you leave it to everybody else to figure that stuff out, the microbiology or the, or why, planes fly. Those aren't my question. Those are somebody else's question. You're more susceptible to just kind of falling into groupthink. Somebody else solved it. 
Somebody else is the expert. Somebody right. else will ask those questions. Right. And, and see, that's for the PhD. They ask questions. In our book, uh, we talk about the day I got hired, and <laughs> it's in it's in Ending Plague, and it was a very interesting interview with Frank Rossetti. Um, and, but at the end of the day, he's like he goes to the uh, he goes to the hiring manager at the contract. Uh, that's the other thing Ronald Reagan did made us all contract research. We were hired guns. We couldn't say anything to the authority. We did what we were told. I usually threw the notebook at him, told him to where they could go, and <laughs> and 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 had to go find another job because. You know, I you had basically, but at the end of the interview, he said, she said, you can't hire her. And he said, why not? And he said, she asked too many questions. And he threw up his hands, if you've ever seen Frank Rossetti and scream, she's a scientist, she's supposed to ask questions. And that started, <laughs> that started a beautiful 40 years where we questioned each other. And people would see us outside this, these scientist meetings. And, you know, and I, I wear blue collars, so we talk that way. Um, so we, you know, no, that data, those data don't say that. Those data don't say that. You know, and he'd like, prove it. And we'd prove it. Read the book. That's how science advances. When you, when you aren't afraid to, to, to ask that question, when you're like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. And and somebody listens to you. That's the fun of, of of relationships in the last few years, where somebody comes like Naomi from a completely different viewpoint, and then she hears mm-hmm. something and she's like, well, yeah, maybe I won't attack her. Maybe I'll attack, you know, we're attacking people. You know, oh, she's this, she's a biologist, don't see him. No, I'm not. You know, I don't care what you say I am. And see, I was trained by my mom. And she'd beat the tar out of me if I let somebody stand there and get bullied, you know. And she answered only to God, and we answered to our parents. It's the, you know, the four, the the fifth commandment: honor thy mother and their my father. Right. You know, and, and how we were raised. You do you do that? You know, you get bullied. My mom marched into eighth grade and said, "Why did she get a zero on this on this math test if all the answers are right?" To the teacher, and the teacher said I couldn't read her handwriting. It's a science <laughs> class, and I guarantee you, I got an A on that test. But I went home and I learned how to write because my mom made me write on that blackboard. Never give them a reason to take you down. The Cherokees, never, I never, never. It. She's brutal, but good. <laughs> yeah, what an awesome lady. Do you have any recordings? Yeah, of most of the place. yeah that'd be fascinating. But. Um, I want to get back to Laura's point on education because I was thinking along similar lines that it really starts with, with education, which is really diseducation. It's really indoctrination. And the first thing they do is to tell you to stop asking questions. Listen to the lecture. Repeat the lecture. Regurgitate the information. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be fascinated in school when the uh, – yeah. Well, but the choice was given in school all the time. You can do a research paper. You can read other people's opinions, or you can make up your own. I always, always made up my own my own analysis and like every other kid except maybe one or two exceptions would do the same would would do the research they'd they'd get other people's quotes they didn't value their own judgment that has to be taken out of you early and you know what's going on right now you know what's going on since the 70s who you know when people send in these grants or these so-called peer review papers you send them in Uh and the boss bob gallo is in ending plague who wants to reject Rossetti today and then they take the work and they make it their own, and it's fraud. 
you know, oh. and, and, and then, yep. oh, and then you share the Nobel Prize, David Baltimore. He didn't do the work. Read the paper. It, ha- it doesn't happen that way. Oh, okay, huh. fine. Is he going to come after me? No, he's not, because he knows I'm right, and the data's all in the book and in the, and in the, in the freezer locked away with the Ninth Circuit Court. Yeah, since 2014, folks. All the proof of all of the fraud in the medical literature for 40 years is right there since 1992. We cured AIDS then, and, and they, had to, they had to do their game. They couldn't have the good guys, couldn't have them go according to God. Yeah, who wants to reject? So this so-called peer review, not peer review. Franklin said, he said, I have no peers. And he's right. He discovered everything. And all they did, who wants to reject the grant? Who, who gets to decide? That's where Fauci got all the money, because you don't do it their way, and they don't fund it. You ask a question you don't know the answer to, or they don't know the answer to, and they say you're crazy. And and mm-hmm. I throw the paper in the desk drawer and say, I don't care, and just keep working. I don't care about publications. Oh, thousand publications. That just means you're stupid because you had somebody else's work because you can't possibly write that many papers. And and so it's just about you and your opinion. It's not data. You can't do it that mm-hmm. fast. That's the problem. I have, I have a theory. Looking at looking Go. at how society. Okay, what do you think about this theory as far as like impacting uh, culture and just the how people value? Uh, well, we know that people value status and position, right? And so academia kind of supports that, but in a in a bigger way, the the catch-all is is the uh, the pop culture. Right. If you could influence people into believe, believing that the people who get a st- little statue awards, what do we do every year? We do the Academy Awards. We do the Emmy Awards. We do the Globe Awards. We do the SAG Awards. Things that touch just about every demographic, every uh, every race, uh, socioeconomic group is these awards. These every year it happens every year at the same time. Everybody's glued to it. Everybody believes that that's a big old deal and we should watch the red carpet and see what everybody's wearing. It's so ingrained into everybody's consciousness that that, uh, being awarded something arbitrarily, I mean, it can be ridiculous. It's just a little... and, And isn't that what was brilliant about Mickey's The Great Awakening? Right, and your brother and your brother was there. They did a red carpet, an award, just like the others, so that the people could hear. See, I call it the heroes of the faith, the people that came mm-hmm. before in this game. And they weren't in the movie, and they didn't have anything to do with this. But we built on somebody else's shoulders. That's that's data. That's that's what we do. There's no I in team. Right, but I think I think that's what people. You know, that's why they just easily. Uh, give in to whatever the you know the awarded um, thing is you know the the thing that was christened the the publication the study the you know Nobel Peace Prize or the you know whatever it is we just kind of go oh okay it's, it's one of those and obviously that's right that's true you're the authority but it, it's it's a bigger thing that I'm I'm trying to. I guess, touch on. What do you think about that, Greg? Yeah. Well, I think that 
rewards mean approval. In other words, it's conditioning. You do the right thing, you get yeah. the award. Why, why do certain people get the Academy Awards? You know, why does Spielberg not get the Academy Awards? Well, he's controversial. So if you're controversial, you don't get the awards. Why, why does Dr. Fascist get all the public attention, even though he's a mass murderer? Because he's doing what's approved. You know, why, don't, why are we censored? Because we do what's not approved. We believe in freedom, real freedom. You know, we have a, we have a radio show here where anybody can write a bill. You know, that's dangerous yeah. to, to the deep state. You know, that's why we're censored here. So it's, it's, go ahead, Judy. Oh, and back to Laura and the kids. Now everybody gets a trophy for playing baseball. You didn't mm-hmm. win, so we got a participation trophy, and it's just a little bit littler so you don't cry. See? <laughs> well, yeah, that's I don't want to play that game. Well, well, let me let me, uh, let me change the subject a little bit here. Okay. Um, when we had Naomi on, what's interesting about Naomi? She reminds me of a guest I had back on WBY about seven, well, about six years ago, uh, Ken Stern, who was the CEO of National Public Radio, as we call it, National Socialist Government Radio here, and he spent a year with Republicans, and he went, you know, pig hunting, and he ate barbecue, and watched NASCAR, and all of a sudden he realized conservatives, oh my God, they're they're like real people too, because <clears throat> all he'd done is surround himself with liberals. And, and the very, uh, you know, demanding, you know, you better, you better follow the, you know, you better be part of the cult liberal or we're not going to talk to you anymore. Naomi Wolf went through something very similar. So now we've got two very intelligent people, very high up in the liberal world, who have realized that this isn't, this isn't it. <laughs> this, this, these people make no sense. This is a cult. These people are dangerous. They're not questioning. They're not, they're not looking at anything. They're just following the line. And, and unfortunately, they've got you know, several million followers in this country. That's why they're allowing a stolen government to sit in, in Washington right now, run by a complete idiot and Obama behind the scenes. But what is it about a, a Naomi Wolf or a Ken Stern or some of these folks you know, that allows them to at least question and get out of that? And how do we reach millions more people you know, to say you don't need a vaccine? Big Pharma is here to kill you and make money off you. They don't care if you live or not. They have no liability, and we can fix that with a simple bill. We change three words in two places, it's over. The liability is back. You know? But certain people have, have left. They've, they've left the cult. They've, got, they've gotten away from the, you know, from the Moonies or whatever the cult might be, Jim Jones, that kind of stuff. It's not that different in, in politics. I see it as very similar. So what is it about these people? Can we identify something in a Ken Stern, in a Naomi Wolf, that says that, that, that we recognize that they're thinking? And not only are they thinking, they're questioning, and they're saying, you know what? And then they're rejecting. They're rejecting you know, everything that, uh, that they've been taught and conditioned and, and indoctrinated with, and then they've got the courage to change. I think that's incredible. I just wish you could reach more, you know, reach more people. What do you think? I think there's, I think there's some of the ego. Uh, there's a little bit of oh, uh, damage to the ego because you're so emotionally vested in that, you know, cognitive dissonance that it's, it's really hard for people to hmm. say maybe I was wrong, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I admit I'm wrong at least three times a show. <laughs> you know, I don't care. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather have the right, right answer. Judy will tell me if I, if I screw something up. She's like, well, Greg, you're not quite right. Here's the way it is. I was like, thank you, Judy. You know, and that's okay. I don't care. I'd rather have the right information. I don't have an ego in this. You know, it's not called the Greg Penglis show. It's called Action Radio for a reason because it's not, I, I, you know, I invest in this because of the cause of freedom. But someone like, an, I don't know, if you study Naomi Wolf, I mean, she was like an ardent feminist, liberal, New York Times author, and then all of a sudden, you know, three years of COVID, she's like, wait a minute, everything I was told was a lie. So she gets it. Please. Right, yeah. and in the doctor world, that's Christiane Northrup. So now we're, okay. all, we're all the same. So she lived that with, you know, the, the women 
you know, I love her because she's like, no, you know, Matt, all these testing and things, you know, she's, she's great with her tatas, just saying. Um, but, you know, we, we believe something and she, she hopped over and told everybody, but when you say it funny, it's like, yeah, we all go get mammograms. Why am I going to let somebody mash my tatas? No, my husband's good at tatas. <laughs> Right. You know, you, first, you know, no, I've never done a self test. You go to the doctor. No, I don't do that. My husband does that. He'll let me know. We're good. <laughs> you know, stop. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if they, if they ever tested for testicular cancer, the way they do mammograms, I guarantee you it would not, it would not happen. Guarantee it. Exactly. That was a joke. Folks. I have to hop <laughs> off here and talk to Johanna. We'll get those books. Okay. In the store. <laughs> Well, thank you for all your time, Judy, and I'll get you connected with Naomi, and uh, I'll give her your email and, uh, and and our bills. And uh, I see big things happening. This is wonderful. I'm really glad. And that, I'll get uh, Laura ourpatientright.com and that important thing on our website. So Laura, connect with wonderful. me as well because we'll get that to Ben Juan. We'll get it out there. Awesome. There we thank go. you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Laura. That's great. Love you guys. Wow, this is so much fun. So, Laura, did you ever expect you'd have like an hour with Judy Mikevitz and then talk to Naomi Wolf and all? No. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, do- the, the creator of the the wine condom? No. <laughs> well, you know, I made the yeah, wine you condom. Because I'm I'm curious about it. Of course, I have my own humor about that. I mean, do you only use them once? Do Do they prevent prevent uh, you know premature fermentation? I mean, tell me about what are wine condoms? Yeah, see, that's that's a perfect example of thinking. Um, outside the box, you know, not accepting that, oh, you only you only uh, seal a reopened bottle of wine the same way. Everybody's been doing mm-hmm. it for how many centuries the same way. Mm. And, and to say, you know, why doesn't somebody seal it from the outside? Why can't we do that? Is there some mm-hmm. sort of uh, law permitting that? Is there some sort of... I don't know. Cork is kind of cool. Have you ever seen a cork no, tree? The cork trees so, are kind of cool. They actually wish you like cork, which is what it comes from. So I think it's a tradition with it. You know, what else can you see? I think cork is like magical because it's, it's self-sealed. You can put in your, yeah. your twisty screw thing. And, uh, and then when you take it out again, the cork seals around it. It actually makes an airtight seal as far as I know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, how do you, how do you beat cork? But, uh, you know, it's just thinking a little bit different. You know, you know how that whole idea came about was the cork was lost. Or if the cork was broken, but in our case, the cork. My friend who was having a bottle of wine with me over dinner, mm-hmm. you know, my neighbor had said, you know, I lost the cork, but we're not going to drink this. Why don't you go ahead and take it home? Because I live next door. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. just to get from her her house to my house, she sealed it with saran wrap and a rubber band. And I thought it was <laughs> hilarious, you know. Cause, and I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Why don't people do that? That would be hilarious. Okay to have a wine condom. And so anyway, that's how that happened. But again, it's just thinking, uh, asking questions, thinking a little differently, not accepting the status quo. And I think that's how things, that's how all great inventions happen. It's, it's just thinking about something in a different way. Oh, I mean, Action Radio was created for bike rides. Did did I ever tell you the Action Radio story? How I thought of this thing? Uh -uh. I mean, it literally happened in about 15 seconds of, of internal dialogue. I'm bike riding. This is back when I lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. Beautiful day. It's January 2014. Uh, and I remember it, clear as day. Uh, the Pelicans were diving in. We had a herring run, as we get every year. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to be the world's greatest talk show host because my, my airline career hadn't worked out. And I'm thinking, 
I want to do something different. Uh, and I'm thinking about, you know, talk radio. I'm thinking, you know, the problem with talk radio is all they do is talk. They never take any action. And I thought, what well, we really need is action radio. And I went, oh, <laughs> my God. There you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, it literally happened that fast. And I stopped my bike and, and looked up and I said, oh, wow, action radio. Love it. I got to do something with this. That's how it happened. Mm-hmm. It, it literally was that fast. I love and it. from there – now I'm talking to you and Judy Mikovits and Naomi Wolf on the same phone call, you know, and we got uh, Josie from earlier. She's still listening in. Uh, Pianki just joined live chat, you know, and so live chats for anybody can type in anywhere in the world. We've got listeners all over. Now, most of them are on podcasts, but we have listeners in Cuba, in Vietnam, in, uh, in Indonesia, in South Korea, in Iceland, in Chile. You know, we have listeners all over the place. It's really fascinating. I love it. And they all have common beliefs in freedom. Everybody wants freedom, you know, but everybody mm-hmm. has a, a controlling government to a, a greater or lesser degree, you know. Yeah. And so the, the, the constant battle is between the, the individual who wants freedom and the government who wants control. Anybody that wants a government job should be disqualified. Anyway, um, but that's right. how you I know, thought of this. Yeah, go ahead. You know what I, I wanted We're to say, and I, I didn't get to say it just because, you know, for brevity's sake, everybody had right. um, a window of time they had. But – Oh, yeah, I wanted to. Yeah. So the whole thing yeah, about empowering the patient in hospitals uh-huh. um, starts with them believing that they have permission to question the quote-unquote authority, the the white coat lab doctor, you know, that's going to walk in and tell you this is what so, you're going to get. And well, so, I, see, I never, you know, when I, why wouldn't you question the doctor? Why? Where did this come from? Because I well, maybe I grew up in a dysfunctional family and never trusted anybody, any adult. So I questioned all of them. Uh, doctors were, were no different to me. Why, why are they different? Well, I've been. Well, the thing is, is that the, there's this per- perception. I think that there's also a, a bigger thing. I always look at the bigger picture, which is, you okay. know, how why are there so many, um, you know, culture downstream from culture? I feel like a lot of these these ideas uh, have just been massively ad- adopted, like that the doctor just knows best, the doctor has your best interest at heart. Well, where have we seen that before? We saw that over and over and over again with programs dating back to Marcus Welby, MD. And then we got, uh-huh. you know, uh, what is that? Uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy and Chicago's Hope and all, ER and all the, Emergency. It's, it's because they told you that's what the doctor's thinking. That's what the doctor's motivation is. The doctor goes home and he, he wrings his hands and then he, he worries over dinner with his wife about that hard case of COVID. You know, that's what you're, you're supposed to believe that they're and doing the that. They're bringing their, yeah, the patient always lives. They, they have, they, they have these, these round tables, think tanks in the hospital where they all get together and they look across a, you know, a, 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 a boardroom table and they, they discuss this really tough case. We'll call it COVID. And they just all okay. just throw out great ideas and question it and they finally solve it. That's not the way it really works. Okay, and, how does uh, it really work? Let's talk reality. How does it really work? Well, the reality is what I saw in the last three years with my hospital hostage hotline, which is a, a national hotline number, an 888 number that anybody can call from anywhere in the United What's States. What's the number? Might as well give it's it. 888. It's 888-219-3637. And they can, can, can be connected to somebody who maybe will ask some questions, will give you your rights, you know, let you remind you of your rights. You already had them, but... A lot of people didn't even know they had patient rights to be able to fire their doctor, 
to be able to fire as many doctors as they want in the hospital. The, the hospital has to provide you one. You fire this one because he's being obnoxious and, and uh, not giving you the risk and benefits of anything he's suggesting, which is informed consent, telling you the risk, benefits, and alternatives before he administers it. Um, get, fire that doctor. They have a duty to, for, to, to make sure that you understand the risk and benefits of everything. And then if the next one comes in and does the same thing, fire that one. You have the right. The hospital has to provide you a doctor. So don't worry about <clears throat> running out of doctors. But anyway. Yeah, I had to do that, uh, uh, that when I was in heart surgery and I was recovering and I had a, a nurse that couldn't draw blood if her life depended on it. I would have been dead, you know, just from that. Uh, and I said, I would never want this person coming back to my room. She's incompetent. I said, bring it. And it was mm-hmm. the one the previous. I said, bring me the one who did it previously. She knows exactly what she's doing. And so I did that. And it worked out. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. So, you know, just um, the, the thing is the, the patient felt so powerless, I think, uh, during the whole COVID thing because they really believed they really didn't have um, any uh, right to actually question the mighty doctor who went to eight years of school. You know, and they'll remind you of that, too, because I've talked to these doctors who were very arrogant, and they'd, they'd ask me, who is this? You know, when the, the family would let me on to uh, calls with the doctor, I'd say, put the phone mm-hmm. up next to the doctor's mouth so I can hear him. And, uh, <laughs> and they'd introduce me, and, uh, and they'd say, well, are you a doctor? No. Are you in healthcare? No. But I have a right to ask some questions, and I'd ask them some questions on behalf of the family because they're so emotionally distraught, and maybe they, mm-hmm. the, the question didn't occur to them to ask it. And so I would ask these questions, and the doctor – um, in uh, many cases, could be persuaded to actually have an open mind and consider <laughs> that the patient has a right to request things. That doesn't mean they automatically uh, honor it and, and give a medication that the, the patient's asking for. But in the case of COVID, they would request budesonide, and, and they would say, I don't consent anymore. I didn't know better. I, I don't want this or this. For instance, like mm-hmm. Remdesivir, maybe they didn't know at the time because the doctor didn't do his duty to inform consent and tell them the risk that Remdesivir was a, a failed Ebola drug that they repurposed for COVID and that over 50% of the people who got it died during the trials. They didn't tell you that. They didn't tell you that it has the risk. That? It runs the risk <laughs> of, uh, yeah. of, you know, of renal failure. They didn't tell you that. They didn't tell you that it could lead to multi-organ failure. That, that would be truthful to tell you the risk. So, you know, during um, this, the, the, the silver lining is, as Dr. Mercola eloquently put it, was that people are starting to question things and adoption of vaccines has fallen during COVID. So that's really? a silver lining. That's the second silver lining. That's yeah, good. All, all vaccines. The, the second silver lining, he said, is your work, your document at Our Patient Rights, that's the second silver lining that came out of COVID, was that patients can be empowered when they walk in and hold that doctor accountable from the moment they form that relationship, that these are absolutely the things you will not do to me in writing. And that doctor has to honor it. Um, if If he's foolish and he's just a psychopath, which, hey, I'm up to the uh, possibility there's a few of those running around. They will have, as Dr. Nicole said, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. Dr. Jekyll, 
Um, there's a lot of Dr. Jekylls running around in hospitals, and yeah, they might violate it, but you know what they would be uh, they would be faced with are severe consequences of a seven or eight figure judgment when it's <laughs> when that thing is done to that person when they they told you in a contract this is absolutely you don't give me remdesivir and then you have it notarized you deliver it in a very specific way which will be talking about in our upcoming webinars where you can go to our patient rights and, and see the information there and you can pre-register for our webinars to go over how to use this document most effectively which is just a revision of the the document and process that the Jehovah's Witness have been using for decades and guess what they're the only group of people that we found that did not have their informed consent violated when it came to blood transfusions. They will not get a blood transfusion during COVID, even if it would save their lives because their religious and spiritual belief uh, prohibits that. So, uh, and it the may not be, you know, it's like saying we have to do this It may or may not. But, right. but yeah, you don't it know may or that. May not, but yeah, yeah it, like we don't. But what I'm saying is, in the in the uh, in the um, assessment from the doctor and the the nurse's point of view, there were there are cases where say they're in a multi-collision uh, car wreck and they're bleeding out and they need a blood transfusion, right? Even in the cases where a blood transfusion may have saved their life, the hospital can't say, nope, you just don't know what you're talking about. You don't understand bleeding complications. You didn't go to medical school. You're getting it anyway. No, they didn't do that. So we saw that group that was able to get their informed consent respected, and we said, ha, ha, light bulb moment. If they can get their 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 rights respected in, in the respect to informed mm-hmm. consent and not have things forced on them like remdesivir in, in the case of everybody during COVID, then how did that work? Reverse engineered it, created our own document that is a revision of their their process, and it's a strategy that is working. Whether you go in for a planned surgery or it's an emergency, and you walk mm-hmm. into an ER with with uh, whatever the case may be. They have to respect it. If they don't, and they're a psychopath, and they just want to want to cause more harm to themselves and you, then the consequences are there will be an immediate board to be investigated. They, that's stated right at the top of the document. So they're put on notice there, and that usually gets their attention. But they know the deeper thing, which is this is an intentional act against this patient. If it's in writing and it's in your your patient records, you've been noticed, then there is the criminal consequence of intentional tort of battery, not malpractice, which is covered with the PrEP, unfortunately, not Mm -hmm. negligence of, oops, we just made a mistake. We were trying our best and we got confused and we're so busy and (laughs) we got the files mixed up. And I thought you were Joe in room 101, but actually you're Stan and room 102 and we got your medications that it's not that this is intentional you know i don't want this you give it to me anyway uh then you know i'd like to use the the analogy of i came in here with a broken finger literally that's it yeah and you know and you gave me a colonoscopy just for whatever shits and giggles i didn't ask for that i don't want that matter of fact i didn't just ask for not ask for it told you with my broken finger, I walk in with my piece of paper saying, whatever you do, don't 
stick that up my butt. That is, I don't want that colonoscopy. And you do it anyway, you violated me. You know, in any other context, we call that rape. Yeah. So I'm I'm here to, you know, with Action Radio to be a, you know, somebody who is uh, the Do Something Club to stop that behavior in hospitals. And I believe it's going to change the culture. We have an insider that, that a hospital insider that is helping our um, our initiative to to change culture and believes that just having five of these documents delivered in any given hospital would change the culture of, of that hospital. That's all it would take because it would go horizontally out among all the doctors. They would talk amongst themselves. Did you get one of these? Oh, my gosh, we can't keep doing this anymore. Informed consent's a big deal. It's real. It has consequences. And then it'll go vertically all the way up to the medical board. And so it's going to change things if we could just get people to understand it and that they know they have this right. And uh, that's what the webinars are for. We're going to do our first series of webinars that are free. We're not making any money. There is no bait and switch. We literally are doing it just to help people be empowered and, and practically save their life. Yeah. Well, this is kind of like a webinar every day. That's kind of how I think of it. That, you know, this is we get the information, we get the best people, we get the best information, the newest, latest, you know, thoughts, and let people explore different things. Um, a couple of things came to mind as you were talking. Government protocols. If uh, if the hospital says, "Well, I'm just following orders," you know, this is the government protocol. This is what they tell me to do. You know, that and sounds it, like Nazi Germany. Well, exactly. That's why I phrased it that way. Um, but the problem is. That, uh, that that's what's going on. And do you see a lot of that still? Is, is that what, uh, what they're saying? And we know they're doing it for money. Um, but doctors have free will. They don't have to follow a government protocol, especially when it goes against their own teachings, beliefs, practice, or evidence. You know, I mean, they don't. At, at what point- they don't, but these aren't charities. These are, these are profit centers. And imagine, right. like, you know, you have a quota at Best Buy, you know, the store Best Buy. Um, I've bought things at Best Buy. This isn't a slam on Best Buy. Um, you go into Best, you go into Best Buy, and you're there's always a salesperson that'll walk up to you and go, "Can I help you?" And you're like, "No, I just looking for a, you know this battery charger, or whatever. I found it." You know, uh-huh. they are they are given um, what if they, let's just for instance believe I don't know how it works in Best Buy, but let's pretend that salesperson has a quota they have to meet of flat screen TVs, right? And uh-huh. even though you came in there and you just wanted something else, they are hard selling you a flat screen TV. Well, if, if you had a moral objection, this isn't as serious as medicine, but you had a moral objection to getting that person to buy something that they didn't want, they didn't need, and matter of fact, something else that's a lesser price may have, may have, may have taken care of the problem, right? But if you had a moral objection to that, you could say, I'm not doing it. I'll work somewhere else. Well, that's the situation that the doctors are in. They they are being incentivized in some way, meaning you get to keep your privileges. You get to stay in good standing. You know, everybody likes you if you stay at this hospital and do uh, the thing, which is push the protocol because it helps our bottom line. We're going to make more money. Well, you could go along to get along and do that and hurt people in the case of remdesivir and these other things. Um, right. holding medication that could have helped help them leave, not in a body bag. But instead, you decided your job was more important than than uh, possibly killing somebody. So um, I have no 
uh, love for doctors who just went along to get along just because they wanted an easy life. They wanted, it, let's, let's face it, hospital, being a hospitalist where you don't have to deal with billing, you don't have to deal with wrangling uh, payment out of insurance companies with your own standalone, you know, freestanding uh, hospital practice. You don't have to deal with being a manager of people because you have staff, the light bill, the electric bill, the maintenance of the equipment, all the things of being a independent doctor out there outside the hospital system. It's infinitely harder to exist. It's a, it's a pretty sweet gig if you can get it working in a hospital. And so the doctors literally were just going along to get along out of convenience to them. That's why I hold the doctor responsible. I don't even like using the overarching word of hospital. The hospital made them do it. No, they didn't. They may have said, mm, no, we're going to uh, punish you, you know, by you're going to lose your privileges. Yeah. But you can work somewhere else. Man, I was you know, in if the military before I this, killed somebody. Yeah, if the military did this, it would be, be called a, a massacre. Or remember the Me Lai incident? Uh, Lieutenant Cali killed a bunch of villagers. Well, what's the difference between yeah. the, that and the hospitals killing a bunch of people on uh, remdesivir ventilators? It's no different. Yeah. It's still killing people. So yeah, so, just cowards. You know, the the doctors, the, there were there were good doctors who left, and they good job. Now, um, I don't know if we should give them a a medal of honor just because you didn't kill somebody. I mean, I, I every yeah. day I choose not to drive my car into a, into somebody who's crossing the crosswalk, you know, and I don't get an award for that. We, we need to, you know, the, the, first of all, the celebrity worship of certain professions, certain people within a profession like doctors needs to go away. This is what led a lot of people like lambs to slaughter in the hospitals yep. by not even questioning them. So that needs to go away, but um, this will all fall away as patients know about their right to hold that doctor accountable because none of this could have happened if the doctor um, felt more pain. He has a choice, a fork in the road, more pain hurting this person against their wishes, you know, once this document's handed to them versus Mm -hmm. the pain of losing a job could have saved so many lives. Because Dr. Mercola said that it would have circumvented, these are his words, circumvented it, the pandemic. Oh, listen, freedom would have circumvented the pandemic. I, I wrote an article not too long ago on my Substack column that the cure for COVID was freedom, freedom of information. Mm-hmm. If we had free information, if we had, you know, if uh, Dr. Zelenko had a national talk show for a while and said, hey, I got the cure for uh, the COVID, it's uh, the, the, He's not that bad, but anyway, he was great. I had him on the show a couple times. But, uh, but, you know, information, freedom of information. If people were were free to learn about, and this was something I was going to ask Naomi about if she was on longer, um, that uh, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin D3, vitamin C, zinc. How many times have I said that on the show? Since March 2nd of 2020, we had the right answer. We were right. We knew we were right. We kept saying we were right. And I had, uh, I had liberal callers, you know, you're, you're not a doctor. I said, well, yeah, but I can read the same studies they do. He said, yeah. and of course, the, the classic line is, you know, I'm not a meteorologist, but I know when it's raining. You know, I'm not stupid. Right. <laughs> you know, so, or, right. or uh, you know, any of those things. But the idea of the, the cult of the expert. And then, then of course, yeah. the, when someone says, well, you're not a doctor. I said, well, the doctors you know, are they telling the truth? Well, well uh, I assume so. Well, how do you know? If, if, you, if you don't have a yeah. brain to look into it, then you'll never know. 
and, and doctors lie and experts lie and people do things for selfish reasons because they're people. So the fact that somebody yeah. has the degree behind the name, uh, you know, I say this all the time on the show, I am uniquely unqualified for everything I do here. I am. I don't have a law degree. I don't have a PhD in economics. I, I don't have a broadcast degree, communications degree. I don't even have an English degree. You know, I just do this. Well, you're not, you're not I know controlled I, then. Exactly. There's literally well, no lev- and, there's literally no no leverage to keep yeah. you from free thinking and forming an opinion that goes against the narrative. These doctors felt like they had something to lose. They they did. Mm. You know, by doing okay. the right thing, you might have lost your job. Big whoop. Go live under a bridge if it keeps somebody alive. I mean, that's that would yeah, be my choice. Of, I've been doing what I've been doing for three enough. for three years. Yeah. Um, you know, the, this this document is far-reaching than just COVID, by the way, because people go to the hospital for appropriate reasons, car wrecks, heart attacks, stroke. These are appropriate reasons to go to a hospital. They, hospitals have diagnostic tools that you won't find in urgent care, that you won't find at home with your first aid kit. There's reasons right. why, appropriate reasons to go to a hospital, they'll still, these, these uh, reasons will still exist far past COVID, when COVID's just a distant memory. That's why people need to start adopting this, uh, this contract with a doctor, because that's still going to be there. That doctor's still going to be there, even with a stroke, even with a, uh, you know, a appendicitis, uh, whatever the reason is that brings them there. They're going to need to, that doctor's going to be, uh, need to be held accountable for your wishes. And there's no stronger way than putting it in writing. We don't do business deals uh, purely on a handshake. There's usually some follow-up paperwork, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we, we do wills that way. We do everything else that way. It's just that it has been um, really discouraged until you're, you know, doing anything in writing until you're at the end stage of life in a hospital, which is called an advanced directive. It's after you're already incapacitated. Well, heck, I'd like my rights uh, respected before I'm on a ventilator, thank you very much. So, and that's what this document well, does, and it's, 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 it's going to be appropriate from now till infinity and beyond, as uh, Mr. Lightyear used to say. Um, this is appropriate for every case, not just COVID. It's for everything. Hold that doctor accountable so, you, you know, no funny business when I'm having my appendix removed. Um, you don't do anything else to me while you're in there. Um, I know people who went in for having, uh, you know, in a piece of their um, their colon removed, and while the doctor justified while I was in there, I went ahead and did this too. Nope, nope, that's not what we're doing anymore with this document. I'm telling you, I absolutely just want this, and I don't want that, and I don't want this drug, and I don't want that drug, just because it's, it pays more. Um, you're absolutely not doing these things to me. And once it's in writing and served in a very specific legal way that we'll teach you about at Our Patient Rights, it holds them to account. And I'm telling you, it changes the, the situation drastically in favor of the patient where their rights are respected. They're not just a lab animal. They're not just a dollar well, sign to the doctor. Well, let me, ask you, let me ask you a couple of questions on this. So, so for people, do you, how do you far in advance do you do this? Can you write a general contract saying you have to talk to me about everything? Uh, how does it work exactly? So for folks oh, that, well, there's that have a template. never – There's already a template done. Okay. We've done all the heavy lifting because right. there are certain things that, that obviously would be good ideas, like telling the doctor 
um, on the contract that um, you will tell me the risk and benefits and all reasonable alternatives to every treatment, drug, mm-hmm. or intervention. Okay, so that puts them on notice right at the top. And then there's things that are, are, are pretty good ideas, like don't give me remdesivir if I don't want remdesivir. Don't give me a COVID vaccine while I'm in there. I can get one at CVS any other day of the week. Why are you doing it here? It has nothing to that do with my, my toenail yeah. fungus, right? Okay, so they just want to make money. And so you're putting them – so the template has options like that. It even has an option that was adopted from an idea that – Dr. McCullough said, you know, it would be a great idea if people actually left the hospital healthier than when they came in. Wouldn't that be great? And I said, that would be great. He says, then why are they feeding them crap like seed oils and that on there? I said, well, that's a great idea. So we added that, that, you know, in the event that you can't provide something that doesn't contain these things that are bad for healing, that prohibit healing and actually make you sick, then I will have a family member or a friend bring something that is nourishing. So that's an option. So they won't be just shoving crap in front of you as you're trying to heal. So, I mean, it it covers soup to nuts, all the ideas, and it's a template. So, you know, I know that people are really um, uh, motivated by money, but um, we we did not trademark. We did not copyright this. It's a template. So anybody can change it. Anybody can uh, share it. We hope it's shared. We hope people adopt it. We just, we want change and we want people protected. I've gone through enough scenarios in the last couple of years of the hotline where I get calls in the middle of the night and people are feeling powerless that the doctor's telling them that you will get this and you will, you know, (laughs) they're not saying you'll like it, but you're going to get this and that's just the way it is, right? And they feel powerless. And I've stopped. I want patients to know that their bodily autonomy matters and that nobody gets to just walk up to me and throw me on the ground and rape me in a parking lot that's called criminal right that's that's criminal battery that's that's right but doctors are essentially in my opinion doing the same thing they you're there you're separated from your family nobody's going to see it it's it's my word against yours because i control the record of what happened while you're behind those walls you might as well get a jump on that and you go ahead and tell them when you walk into the hospital so you're saying how much in advance you get the template you you prepare it well in advance just like you would a will but you don't use a will until a specific time right you don't just go here's my yeah. will let's do it no it's only <laughs> when you're you're dead that's when that becomes effective this becomes effective when there's an emergency situation or a planned surgery and Whatever hospital in America that you happen to be at, not necessarily the one across the street, because you might be on vacation, you might be relocated after you've already prepared this document and had it notarized, proving that that's you who signed it, which holds up way better than you just scribbling your name on it. Have it notarized, your signature notarized. You have it prepared. You make copies of it. You keep the original in a safe place. And you take a picture of it with your phone so you have a digital copy. You go ahead and send it to a few friends in an email, right, and say, hey, this is what this is. We're going to have a a conversation about this in the event Mm -hmm. that I'm in the hospital. And I call you or text you and say, hey, you remember that document that I gave you? Deliver it. That's when it's delivered a very specific way. Certified mail return receipt requested to the hospital, CEO, or the 
the House uh, supervisors. We try the, the CEO, but not always are the CEOs in the location of that hospital. So they're very squirrely. There's, <laughs> we've tried to gain every possible resistance. But in the event that they're not in that location, which you don't even need to know the CEO's name, you just have it sent to the title of the CEO, and it'll get there. If someone will sign for it, that's your receipt that they got it. And uh, you're on the hook now, buddy, for when I said, don't give me a colonoscopy while I'm in here. I'm in here for a broken finger, and you do it anyway? Oh, boy, is there going to be serious consequences. Yeah. You just See, that was violated my, my informed consent. Yeah, that, I had one of those, the, 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 the colon checks, because I'm at that age. And uh, that was my biggest fear was that they were going to give me a COVID shot while I was out. And so I even yes. asked them about See, that. That's, the so that's like, on yeah. that form. That's and, on the form. And, so, and it'll be yeah, on your medical I, record if you go. But what if they yeah. just slyly do it? And No, they want to get paid. So there will be, yeah. there will be a note that will be mentioned in your electronic medical record. Another thing to do, Greg, is anytime, everybody listening, if you're going to the hospital for any reason, you get access to that electronic medical record ASAP. Because I'm telling you, people were told one thing by the doctor, and actually what was happening to them was completely different, different drugs, different amounts. And they found out, in one case, the, the patient was given fentanyl every 30 minutes. And uh, the wife was like, he didn't even take Tylenol. He would never have asked for that. That mm-hmm. would never have been his request. He would absolutely put his foot down and say no. He had double knee surgery and didn't even take Tylenol for it. So I'm telling you that you have to keep them accountable. You have to go in there and see if they're lying to you because Dr. Wallach said it best, don't lie. Well, during COVID, I found that uh, that to be very true. I've been lied up and down to my face. I heard a doctor. I I held him to uh, ask this doctor, how successful are your rates of success for remdesivir? The doctor straight up lied to me over the phone and said, 90%. I'm thinking 90% killing him. That's not what I was asking. Yeah, exactly. I was asking, yeah. what's your success? You knew what I was asking. Here. My webmaster was killed. Uh, Eric Holly was killed in a hospital with, with remdesivir and a ventilator. So I, I know. And that's just one person. So that was but just a straight up lie. Yeah, that happened millions so, of times. So do doctors lie? Well, we yes. all knew it. Yeah, they do. Yes, but they do it. Yeah. But there's, there's incentive, they're incentivized to lie because – Yep. These uh, these protocols that were rolled out during COVID had mm-hmm. significant amounts of money behind them for the hospital, the people that pay them. So, you know, follow the money. But the, the main thing for people to know is you can stop uh, somebody from doing something to you, kind of like having a – if they're put on notice, kind of like having somebody trespass on your property or shoplift, mm-hmm. right? There's always a notice that says – uh, you know, shoplifters will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And there are, by the way, you are uh, smile. You're on hidden camera. Why do they do that? Because it's a deterrent. And if we want to influence the person who has the ability to order a drug from a pharmacy and then tell a nurse to put it in your arm, which is the doctor, that's how you put them on notice. You let them know that you're on notice. You will be reported to the state medical board. This, these are my intentional wishes, and there's an extra added layer here that's different than any other document. We added the component of it's my religious and spiritual beliefs. Why did we do that? 
because the Jehovah's Witness have been doing it for decades, and it's the what, the reason they don't get something if they don't want something. It's based on their religious and spiritual beliefs. So we added that to the document. It's threefold. It's in writing, notarized. In writing, it's, it has your religious and spiritual beliefs built in, right? And it's delivered a very specific way um, that is legal. So it gets into the electronic medical rec- record per the AMA uh, 2.1.1. So yeah. I once, think for, it, once for they people. receive it, it has to be put into the electronic medical record when it's in writing. And so that's how we've gained it all out, and it works. Yeah, I think as for, for folks that know they're going to the hospital, like when I had heart surgery seven years ago, this would have been a great thing then. Uh, but medicine was different then. You know, they, they actually listened to me. When I didn't want painkillers, they, they didn't force them on me. They didn't sneak them to me in the middle of the night. I would have known hydrocodons and opiate, you know, I would have, believe me, I would have known. Uh, I took one whole one one time and thought I could fly down the hallway. It's, it's, these, these drugs are very powerful. Um, yes. When, when, I get to, when I get a drug that puts me out for like, you know, like a colon check or something like that, I'm out in seconds. Literally, you know, like one, right. like two, one, two, because I don't take drugs, you know. But I'd be curious if he, you know, one of the problems that happened to me after heart surgery, and this is, uh, this is where I almost died, was that my chest filled with fluid and they pumped out four and a half liters of fluid. And this is, I believe it was the blood thinners, uh, warfarin in particular. And they gave them to me, you know, after heart surgery. And uh, this is when I was a little more naive. And I said, why do I need these? Well, you might get a, you might get a stroke if you don't give this to you. I'm like, oh, well, that seems to make sense. And then afterwards I said, let's, let's go into this a little bit more. I said, why did you give me those blood thinners? Well, because of the stroke. Yeah, I heard that. But what, what, why do you think I would have a stroke? Well, those, those happen to people with inactivity. I said, I'm the most active person you've ever had on this hospital ward. I was up flirting with the nurses two hours after surgery. You know, <laughs> you know I, that's not me. I said, I'm never taking, taking these things again. I never have. And even after they pumped all this stuff out of my, uh, my chest, which I did recover obviously from, uh, they still want to put me back on them again because that's their protocol. And so you can't right. question it, but I, I didn't know as much then. But, I, I, but in those days, this is 2017, 2016, but I was still able to refuse things. I mean, I was able to ask questions of the surgeon before surgery. I got five opinions, including the head of Stanford Med Cardiology, you know, uh, whether I should do this or not, to have, um, you know, a mitral valve trim, a nice little fit, which actually worked out really well. Um, but I mean, I asked everybody. And that's just my, right. that's just me. But I know yeah, people aren't doing that cause they have the, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, not just ask, you know, do you think this is appropriate? This is, ha- this is the extent that I saw uh, across the board the pattern during the last three years, right? But it's been mm-hmm. happening before this, by the way. It's just this shown mm-hmm. a spotlight on it, that the, the way doctors were doling out informed consent was, well, looks like you have uh, arrhythmia or whatever, you have, or high blood mm-hmm. pressure. You have, you have this problem high blood pressure or whatever, fill in the blank. And so we're going to get you a medication, whatever that is. Okay? They'd name the medication. Huh? Not even name the medication. They would just say, we're going to give you something for that. That's usually what they would yeah, say. Almost categorically. I'm sorry, that's not informed consent. Informed consent yeah. is you've got this problem. It, there, the indication is this kind of, you know, the indication is this. For this medication and uh, this type of medication, um, I'm recommending this named medication. It also comes in the generic of this. Um, if I'm telling you the brand name, it's also the generic this. And it has this risk, and you cannot downplay the risk. 
and inflate the benefit just because you want to push a drug. So you have to tell all the risks, all the benefits, right, the real benefits, and then give reasonable alternatives. If you don't want to do this, you could also do that. This isn't cookie-cutter medicine where it's just, you know, uh, and gloss over the risk of things just because you want to push something. So anyway, that's, that's what I want people to understand is that you have a right to know. You don't, you don't just take the first car that, you know, the car salesman tells you this is, you know, you need transportation. Well, let me offer you a car. That's not good enough. You would say, okay, there's a lot of different kinds of cars and a lot of different uh, benefits, gas mileage, transmission, all these things that go into why you buy a car down to the, whether it's cloth or leather seats, why wouldn't you take that much time and effort into making medical decisions about your well-being? That could be life or death. Take the time. Don't feel coerced into giving an answer either. Say, well, that's good information. Thank you. After you've thoroughly asked your questions. And then let me think about that. Unless it is emergent, you should be able to say, let me think about that. Mull on it. Mull, you know, think about it. Ask my family about it. That's a big decision. If it's not immediate, like CPR kind of immediate, you know, you need to be able to think about it. Don't feel pressured or bullied into making a decision. Well, I think that's the biggest concern people have uh, is the emergency. And that's, that would be my concern because, you know, the car accident, the emergency. Uh, okay. Things like I got an answer for that. So that's, yeah, go ahead. That's different. That's everybody needs two documents at a minimum. You need to pick your medical power of attorney right now. Everybody needs to have one and don't just have, you know, your best friend who's great to go drinking with or, you know, likes the same movie. It needs to be somebody who literally has no problem standing up uh, to authority, questioning things, uh, being able to battle for you as if their own life depended on it. That's the person. Somebody who's not afraid of confrontation. Pick that person who thoroughly knows what you do not ever want a doctor giving you or doing to you. So pick your medical power of attorney. There's a, a form, a medical power of attorney form that you can find they're they're free actually you can go to a lawyer if it makes you feel better if you want to just spend money but you can actually get these forms online for free um there's also you can find that at hospitalhostagehelp.com at the bottom of the page it'll say i am medical power of attorney and there's a form that you can you can click on it'll actually take you to a site that provides nationwide documents so um get a medical power of attorney choose wisely Number two, get a medical directives form. So in the event that you are incapacitated, say you're in a, a car wreck, you find out, uh, you know, you're, you're the medical power of attorney for somebody. Say, I am that for you, Greg. And I find out that you're in the hospital and you're unconscious and you're on a ventilator now, you're on life support. Now what do you do? You can't obviously talk. So you can't say, don't give me the COVID vaccine, Right. So in right. that case, you would have already done the, the work ahead of time. You would have picked me, if you're wise, as your medical power of attorney because I will make sure they don't do, I would actually do anything that, you didn't want. Yeah, because it doesn't need to be somebody. It doesn't, medical power of attorneys don't necessarily have to be in proximity even. It's just pick the yeah. best one. So yeah. 
have that medical we'll have that medical power of attorney. Okay, yeah. so pick pick wisely. Get your form, your documentation done ahead of time, right? Send the copy to me if I'm your medical power of attorney. You keep your original in a safe place, and you have medical directives. That what are those? Those are your. That's like a contract that says, in the event that I am incapacitated and I can't say these things with my mouth because now I'm on a ventilator, I'm on life support. I have my absolute do not do these things on there. Absolutely resuscitate me if that's what you want. Or, hey, I don't care to ever be resuscitated. I'm a DNR. Okay? That means do not resuscitate. If that's your choice, free will, right? So have those have that document done and give that to, to somebody. But you absolutely, everybody needs a current decision document. That's the thing we have that never existed before. Thank you, Jehovah's Witness, for giving us the idea so that we could uh, revise your idea well, and tailor it to everybody. How, how did the Jehovah's Witnesses do during COVID? Because I imagine because they didn't take remdesivir, they didn't have transfusions, they didn't go on ventilators. They, well, I'm sure I they didn't take uh, the COVID jab. Here's, let me tell you a funny story. Is I actually, uh-huh. <laughs> my, my, my partner, uh, my OurPatientRights.com partner, the founder of Protocol Kills, Greta Crawford, who I know you know, she, um, mm-hmm. she was, I was talking to her on the phone because we don't live in the same place. And I, we talk every single day and I, as we're working None together to help people in hospitals. <laughs> yeah. and, I said, and I said, I said, you know, so I'm talking to her. She goes, oh, gosh, the dogs are going nuts. Someone's at the door. And we had just, I'm not kidding you. I, we just said, wouldn't it be awesome if we could actually talk to a Jehovah's Witness? Guess who was at yeah. the door? Two Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, no, you're two, kidding. Two, oh, you put them on the, on the two, show? <laughs> two, I, I wish we had gotten their names anyway. And I was like, oh, my gosh, God answered our prayers. We said jokingly, but kind of serious. It would be awesome to be able to ask them all the questions, right? Like, how, do you, yeah. how does it work for you guys? So I said, keep I them I could actually do that. No, wait a minute. I could do that. I could arrange to have you and a Jehovah's Witness person come on the show together. I mean, you can ask them. Let's, let's work on that. I said, I said, do not let her get away. Don't let him get away. I said, no, 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 um, no. This is, I, this is a good idea. And so we did. So we, so we, for the next 20, 30 minutes, we probably screwed up their door-to-door schedule. But they were like, <laughs> they were shocked because the first thing out of our mouth was, we are so glad you're here. Like, <laughs> you are a literal godsend. And they're like, huh? And we're like, yeah, we're Christians. We were praying just a minute ago. Um for, you know, you know, in Latin, and kind of joking also that, you know, God would send us some Jehovah's Witness to ask these questions about how do they not get blood transfusions if they don't want blood transfusions, even if it's strong. Yeah, I, get, it, I can look and that up. I'm anyway, sure this is very little. Yeah. It, was, it was hilarious because they're going to like after 20 minutes of asking all the questions and having all our our suspicions confirmed, um, they said, uh, we really need to get going. Did you join? I mean, you took up all their time. It's like it's like spending three hours at the used car lot and not buying anything. I just just curious. Listen, for twenty minutes, okay. they didn't even get a word out. They didn't get a word in edgewise about you know, this witness faith. What like, a surprise, yeah, you Laura! Can come back if you want to. You can do an encore. But anyway, it was hilarious. Yeah. But at the same time, confirmed everything. We're like, oh my gosh, we have got something. We have got something. And they yeah. said, we want your document. That's what they said. And they're like, we want that. We said, well, just go to our patient rights. You can get it. 
because they said we don't get blood transfusions, but we also did not want these other things. And we had we they hadn't taken it that far because you know, it wasn't you know their religious and spiritual beliefs built into their original right. document about blood transfusions. They just they wanted to borrow our ideas and we wanted to borrow their strategy. It was just wonderful. Well, what about the Christian scientists? Because they don't like much medicine at all. How do they do I it? have no idea. I haven't had one of them ring my doorbell. <laughs> well, no, actually, I could uh, – look at. I'm going to make you notes myself here. Let's get the Christian scientists on, too. We'll get to one of each. Well, the, the, the main takeaway here is that the Jehovah's uh-huh. Witness had a strategy. It's one thing to say we don't believe it and we don't want it. A lot of people said they didn't right. want Rendezvous. It didn't work. The thing right. that was unique to, to Jehovah's Witness faith is that they literally had a system, a strategy in writing. They literally carry cards with their, right. their agents that say, hey, in the event of contact these people, they have a whole system. And it's, it's the yeah, fact that it was in writing and based on their religious and spiritual beliefs. But something's changed in medicine because when them? I went through – yeah, but when I went through heart surgery in 20, 2016, I could ask questions. They would answer mm-hmm. them. It was kind of funny. The doctor, the surgeon was, was kind of shocked when I, when I walked in. He says, where's your family member? I said, I'm not getting my family anywhere near this decision. I said, those people are dangerous. <laughs> he said, what? That's right. I said, no, I don't trust them. I had a friend watching over me, and she, she you know, basically uh, made sure nothing bad happened and did an amazing job, but I trusted her. I didn't trust my own family. But, that's, but everybody's circumstance is different, right? So, and I asked a ton of questions. I had a notebook. The guy was shocked. Uh, and then I asked for uh, four more opinions, and it's like, okay, I think you're all, you know, this seems to be. Uh, now I'm informed. I was I was informed of everything, and then two weeks later, right. you know, they were uh, poking into my heart and trimming things, you know. So, you're onto something. You're onto something because you know I have to I have to that? say this appropriate. My my you know my dad's a surgeon and oh, he has okay. kind of knee issues, and he goes, my dad's like, I'm like, dad, are you gonna get that checked out? Are you gonna maybe get you know knee surgery or see a doctor about that? He goes. I went to school with those idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Well, so, so what changed, this is an interesting thing, is that something changed in medicine. Because when I went through, well, yes, I was informed. Well, yes, corporatized now. That's, okay, but this is know. only 2016. You know, COVID, 2017, I think, is when uh, the, the, uh, the, the doctor from Moderna said, uh, we've, we've uh, hacked the software of life. We can do anything now, basically. It was in a TED Talk. So this is only, uh-huh. this is the next year. 2019, you know, you had uh, Event 201, as Naomi mentioned. We all know about that was the, the rehearsal for COVID. 2020, it hits, you know, and then they, uh, it's basically over. I've got the CDC chart. I put it on every single show, the CDC chart. that shows the death rate went to zero mid-July of 2020, and then the lie started. So they had to preserve COVID until December when they rolled out their, uh, their COVID jab. Um, and so all this stuff is pretty easy to find. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's out there. But but yes. the thing but something changed in medicine. So what is it when I went through? I got I thought really good treatment except for the blood thinner. But it's so in other words the surgery was great, but the big pharma drugs almost killed me. <laughs> you know. Yes. And so yes. there's something that so, I know. So, I have a suspicion. Go ahead, tell me. Okay. All right. Look, and I've been saying this for since I've had my hotline, which is you could not have rolled if the ultimate goal was to push a vaccine and have it adopted. Uh-huh. And there was a hardcore push. We had celebrities telling you to do it. It was like this oh, big yeah. PSA, global PSA. 
do it or you'll die, right? So they obviously wanted a vaccine. You don't need a vaccine if the problem is manageable. Like, we don't have vaccines for strep throat, okay? We just take care of strep throat or toe fungus, right? We don't have a vaccine for everything. You You don't have the adoption of a vaccine where everybody would even consider it like they don't for toenail fungus or strep throat, right? Because uh-huh. people go, heck, nobody's really dying from this. Well, where did they die? That is treatable. They died in right. hospital. Okay, yeah. so so if, if that's your goal, reverse engineering it, is that you cannot have this plan if you really wanted vaccines. Vaccines aren't free, by the way. Someone's getting paid. So there's money attached to it. There's greed. Mm-hmm. At a very minimum, there's greed as a motivation. So if you want to disrupt the apple cart, you don't have that piece that's necessary, which is to show that you have a legitimate fear of dying. You have to show, remember all those, all those reports of body bags coming out of hospitals and, and oh, no, uh, freezer trucks, you know, freezer trucks. You had yep. to show all that to, to stoke the fear, but you also had to have legitimate fear that was legitimate of people dying. You had to have recorded deaths, right? And we all knew mm-hmm. people who died from in a hospital with the diagnosis of COVID, right? So you had to have all that working for you. So you would have to push pressure, uh, tamp down from the top down in the hospital structure onto doctors to uh, motivate them to give a protocol. Don't take any uh, any guff from the patient saying, hey, wait a second, yeah. Rendezvous is killing people. Right. you got to be able to, uh, you need to snuff that out quickly. You're going to have to motivate those doctors to do that, right? So whatever the motivation was, I wasn't in those meetings. I don't know what it is, but I do know that there were doctors who were treated poorly when they uh, when they tried different things. They were either let go from that hospital uh, or they lost their privileges just by, you know, doing things outside the bounds that they were told to do, right? So there's that pressure. Now, I believe that's the thing that changed pre-COVID and COVID is that you got to have the complicit, the, yeah, have the hospital complicit in doing their part. So I don't know at the upper levels of the hospitals uh, what their relationship is with insurance or big pharma, but I believe there's some sort of um, close relationship there. Somehow there has to be to 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 be so instrumental. We'll put it that way. So. Practical, well, it, practical it, use for it, these hospitals to cause death. Yeah, it really is the drugs because the surgery was was fabulous. I mean, I, you know, basically only half my blood flow was going past my heart; the other half was going backwards. When they trimmed the valve, you know, all of a sudden I have 100% blood flow. Uh, I, that was a shock to my system. I, mean, I gained a ton of weight, and, and now I can exercise like crazy. It's great. I'm getting healthier all the time. Um, so the surgery was great. However. Wonderful. The drugs were terrible. I mean, why would they go through all yes. the trouble to do the surgery only to kill me three weeks later, suffocate me, filling my chest with fluid? And it didn't hurt. That was the weird part. Um, but once, yeah. once it was taken out, and then they wanted to put me back on the same thing I thought killed me. And this is insane. Yeah. So, so the, the mechanics, you know, the broken arm, the appendix removal, the, yes. the, even the heart surgery, the actual surgery, and your father's a surgeon. You know, the surgery, is, I think, is very good if it's done properly and all the protocols and everything else. I mean, the right ones. However, there's something about the drug that becomes the we, we call it here the ventilator the, the remdesivir ventilator death march. I've been calling it that since 2020. Ever since we found yeah. out, I knew there was no need for a vaccine because we already had a cure. 
if you have a cure for a disease, yeah. why would you wait 15 years to, to try and get a, a, something that might build up immunity? Maybe. That's just irrational to me. Um, right. Speaking of, I got to you got we did, we have, Yeah. We had our own. You've got to um, have enough, right, go have enough belief. In the, they have to mm-hmm. do some things right. This is my, my theory. Mm-hmm. You have to do some things on the surface to look like you're trying. You're doing heroic measures, surgery, heart surgery, whatever, right? But there's so much money in relationships tied to big pharma that right. you've got to have enough uh, trust and buy-in with the general public to go to a hospital, right? They're our savior. They're going to fix us. But it's, right. it's the medications and the other things that you're talking about. That is very real. That will kill you. Yeah. yeah. Let me play something for you. We had our own PSA. Now, Judy's told me, I don't play this because Judy corrected it. I'll say at the end of it, but this is what we used to play back in uh, 2020. This is Greg Penglis for Action Radio. You've all heard those ads for people who have suffered medical or health tragedies, which say you may be entitled to compensation. But if you have suffered injuries or crippling diseases or medical procedures that went horribly wrong, it's not the compensation you need. It's the knowledge you should have had before the condition you suffer from now. So that you are never in that position in the future, I strongly recommend that you do not get any COVID vaccines. Get informed. Do your own research. For 99.97% of Americans, your natural immunity will give you, at worst, only moderate symptoms of COVID. If you've already had COVID, it's virtually impossible to get it again. There are effective cures for COVID, which will get you completely over the virus. There is no cure for the COVID-19 vaccines. Once you start down the road of DNA modification, there is no going back. Yeah, I bet you didn't hear that on the, uh, the local news. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm telling you now, it's not. It'll get you in trouble. Yeah, that was 2021, I think of it, because the COVID vaccine was out in 2020. So this, that's you know, almost three years old now. And, and this is how far ahead we were. But Judy corrected me. She says, well, there are, there are things you can do now, they've discovered, to, to get over COVID vaccine injury. So that's really good. Uh, you can yeah. get COVID again if you've had it, but it is rare. Uh, I, never had, I, I got it you know, at the beginning of 2020 and uh, was fine. I didn't worry about it. I never wore a mask, never did any of that kind of crap. And I certainly wasn't going to take a jab, um, but just for all those reasons. But there's a couple of things in there that are inaccurate, which is why I don't play it. But just the idea that we were already broadcasting our own PSA saying, don't get this thing. Do you wonder why we're right. censored? Yeah, you're you are definitely a before your time. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'd like to anyway, know if there's anybody have... else out there like that. So that's awesome. Oh, there are, well, there's, there's those of us out here. You know, and the funny thing is, we didn't know about each other at the time. You know, we have uh, Dr. Deborah Viglione, who's doing treatments that are working. Jim Thorpe's down here. Judy Mikovits is out in the West Coast. You're in Texas. You know, uh, we have different people from all over the place calling in. Um, uh, I'm not sure where Naomi is. I think she's East Coast somewhere up Northeast. You know, so all, people from all over the country have called in the show today. You know, and this is fascinating. Oh, but we're awesome. becoming one big, we're, we're kind of like, I call it the Do Something Club. Those of us that are actually yeah. doing something. So let's, let's talk yeah. about that for a minute. So uh, what is it about the psychology? And we actually, this has been great. We only have about 26 minutes left. You know, I had no idea how to, what was going to happen on the show today. I figured I'd get the interview in, maybe do an hour and I'd be done. But this has been great. So thank you for all the extra time. But do something psychology. There's Naomi's a doer. 
although I want to try and get her more reporting on our, our legislation. That's, that's my next step. Judy's a doer. She talks about our, our big tech bill and our vaccine product liability bill everywhere she goes. You're a doer. You've got ourpatientrights.com. You know, I'm a doer. I've created a citizen legislature. So we're, there are doers out there, and we are kind of finding each other, but there's still too many, you know, raising, complaining to an art form. The talk show host, well, all they do is talk. Mm-hmm. The reporters yes. that just report. It's like, we don't have time for that anymore. You've got to cross over and become you, – you can't be a conservative journalist anymore. You've got to be a conservative news advocate. You've got to start advocating solutions. It's not enough to report anymore because there's too many people reporting wrong stuff, and, and they're, they've got programs that are killing people. Well, yeah, I almost see it. Have you ever heard the, the phrase, Greg? Uh, let no oh, of course. That's Rahm Emanuel. Okay. I just said it. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and so I'm seeing that in the independent journalism uh, category or patriot business uh, platform, I'll just say it, I see a lot of uh, very op- a lot of uh, opportunists in that area. It's like, well, dang, there's a let's let's create a, a this product or a that product. I'm not saying all of them are that way, but I'm I'm seeing a lot of that supersede actual solutions. So that you, we don't need your dang product, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm trying to be, opt- I'm trying to work myself out of a non-paying job. You know, I I don't mind getting up at two o'clock in the morning and talking to uh, people when they they call me on the hotline. Well, you should but do your own show. Ideally, why don't you do a show and make it an action radio affiliate? We'll build our own network. You know, I'll get a website. We'll get you on there. I've got some other folks that could do it. I'm sure Judy would do a weekly show. She'd love it. You know, she wouldn't even need callers. She'd just start talking for an hour. You know, yeah. Judy's amazing. But, I mean, we need to build an, an action radio network and get our own website. I mean, ultimately, that's where I'd like to go. Uh, yeah, and I think that'd good, be awesome. Except this morning. Yeah, so those are the things we need to start talking about. But you need to generate revenue. This is why I wanted a talk show along with a citizen legislature, because I don't want to be in a position of them making money at this. Quite selfishly, I want a jet. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing well when you're doing good. And so the people right. that are doing I terrible agree. things are making a fortune. So, so why I've should noticed, Big Pharma? Go ahead. I've noticed, though, unfortunately, I've noticed that there, has, there is a suppression of the actual solution because it really does cut into profits. We thought with Hoff came, mm-hmm. it's if they would have adopted ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine as part of their treatment protocol, as opposed to remdesivir, which caused kidney failure and, and led primed you for a ventilator. My gosh, the money which train will kill you is, if the remdesivir doesn't, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so their protocol makes more money. Let's just call it what it is. Makes infinitely more money than a protocol that is pennies on the dollar. Right. Uh-huh. So you'd be uh-huh. in and out. Your hospital stays would be less. You'd be turning those beds over faster. You wouldn't have needed a ventilator, which is uh, outrageous amounts of money for these people. It's like adding, what's the, the saying, insult to injury or injury to insult, whatever. Where oh, you're I was on, on one. Hey, and then they die. I was on one in, for heart surgery. In fact, they, they stopped my heart and lungs. So I, I know I was dead for four hours clinically. So I, know, so I, got, I got experience with ventilators. I never want that tube down my throat again. Never. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not comfortable. It's not pleasant to be paralyzed, put on a paralytic, and have a chip and mine was used properly, and they and they did it properly yes, and, with me. You know, yeah, and, and, and in, in certain interventions, it's it's necessary. And I'm not poo pooing yeah. hospitals for the sake of just poo pooing hospitals. I'm not dumb. It's like right. if I'm in a car wreck, please take me somewhere where they've got the equipment and the personnel to put me back together if my leg is cut off. Okay, yep. um, but because yep. I can't do that in my kitchen with a flashlight in a and a pocket knife and scissor. You know, yeah, exactly. I, I can't do that. 
Needle so thread. I'd rather yeah. go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. So the thing, the 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 thing though is that there is always a bottom line consideration when it is a for-profit. And even if you say you're a non-profit hospital, you're still making money. There are salaries being oh, yeah. paid. There's like, tied just by name only, that's not uh, convincing me that you're not motivated to push certain things because it's for the best for the patient. That's not true. I don't believe it. So there's always money exchanging hands. So I, I think that that's what, uh, people need to understand is that just because uh, you're going to a hospital and they may have saved your life, like you've said over and over again, they may have saved your life with an emergency intervention in the hospital recovery phase, you may be given a medication that could harm you, and you would you would be wise to ask what are the risks of this medication oh, that you're, you're, or blood that I yeah, you I was were informed. you did. I'm was, saying I'm, I'm yeah, talking to the gen, I'm yeah. talking to our listeners. Yeah. Our listeners, right. you did it just right, Greg. I'm talking about our listeners would be wise I still to am. start getting it <laughs> hardwired into your brain to question that expert, the guy who will be happy in the last three years to remind you you didn't go to eight years of medical mm-hmm. school. I, mm. I've been asked that by doctors. Well, how many how many years of medical school have you had? <laughs> I don't need to be a mechanic to ask questions about the car I'm about to purchase. Uh-huh. It, you know, that does not uh, disqualify me from questioning yeah. what's in my best interest. And so that's where people need to um, be empowered that they can do that. But I, I'm going to say that the there has been suppression even in the independent news media. I've had interviews from Patriot shows, quote-unquote, that cut out mm-hmm. the 15 most important minutes. It literally, they laid black over the interview. That was Greta Crawford on that interview, my co-founder, the founder of Protocol uh-huh. Kills. In the most right. important part of the interview, it went black, and, they, and then they censored out. This is a Patriot News show. This is, these are big names. Do you, do you want to name you. them? You can name them. I don't mind. Do you? you know, um, I, I'm a little I'm a little leery because this one particular show said, "Aren't you afraid that that you're going to be on some kind of hit list?" Okay, and this is a patriot show. We're talking well, big names. If you're not on a hit list, what's the point? I've been on a hit list since I had friends in East yeah. Berlin when I'm I went there in the you, '80s. You know, the you Berlin Wall. You kind of set your intentions. You kind of set your intentions. <laughs> I've always been on it. Um, yeah. When when somebody who's hosting the show tells you. Um, the same person I said, I will go on your show if you will allow me to actually explain it without interrupting me, without uh, patronizing or, or making light of it. If you'll let me get my message out, and I was told, you will, you know, this is my show and I'll do it my way. <laughs> I said, okay, well, I don't I think mean, it'll work for me. And I understand that, I understand but that. it's so critical for people to have. I've had experience where this is the show that's censored. This is why I'm, I'm saying this. I need to get the information out. I thought I'd give it another shot, and I'll do it. Maybe I'll be treated differently. And this particular show said, the host, uh, it's my show, and I'll do it my, any way I want to because it's my show. Well, you just told me you did not take responsibility for cutting out the 15 most important minutes, and we're not talking about something that's, you know, been around for years and years. This is a new 
strategy that literally can save your life, it's going to take some explaining. Yep. So this, I'm disappointed in that, that for whatever reason, there is um, censorship even among the patriot movement, the freedom movement, whatever you want to call it, the red, white, and blue movement. Well, they want to, they want ratings and they want the attention, but they don't actually want to change anything. It's like members of right. Congress who talk about, you know, we're going to take our country back, and then I give them the ways to do it, you know, vaccine legislation yep. uh, or some, something totally unrelated. Uh, our, our constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. Now, the states would love that, and they should be pushing well, this. But that would solve 95% of our economic problems. What's that? Well, yes, and, and that's true, and that, that's a parallel with like the the other podcast shows that aren't like yours where you actually give solutions but the motivation for not giving the solution i think i have a hunch um doctors are a big lobbying power doctors hospital hospitalists ones that work in the hospital they donate to your cause they're they're part of your platform they're they're people who in some way support your businesses your media enterprise or whatever, your products, whatever it is, they are big donators and contributors. And you don't want to you don't want to upset them. <laughs> you don't want to upset them. Yeah. You want to keep yeah. them in your good graces. You don't want to tell you don't want them to know patients. We the people actually are empowered and now have a way to be empowered where we hold them accountable. They don't yeah. like that. So Cut well, that they hold them actually tells you how to hold them accountable. Yeah. Uh, say that again. I think I might have interrupted you, which I tend to do a lot oh, anyway. So I said, so the bottom line is they don't want to be aligned with the truth of the matter, which is we the people sharing the information that I tried to share on this particular platform, not yours, another one. And I said, right. I, need, I need to actually get the information, which is new, never existed before. A lawyer won't tell you this. A doctor won't tell you this. You literally had to be from the inside of the medical industrial complex. It was an insider Mm -hmm. who came to me and said, I have an idea. I know what you're doing. And this, I believe, this revision document will stop them from giving you remdesivir. It will stop them cold turkey from giving you any drug or or treatment or artificially writing a a do not resuscitate uh, on your chart as a doctor against your will and this is how you do it and the reason why i believe they did not these other platforms won't do this is because they're supported financially supported by doctors that's my hunch i believe they are a big lobbying power every newscast is uh, sponsored by pfizer you know i get that all the time but you get alternate sponsors. Like I want to go after. We just had Andy Ross on the show, American Rebel. You know, I'm, I'll be talking to him off the air. Uh, I want to get the gun companies. You know, Glock, Smith and Wesson. I'm, I want to get My Patriot Supply. I want to get Chick Fil A. I want the Christian companies. I want Black Rifle Coffee. I want the veteran companies. There's an entire um, economy of of America first political activists that I think yeah. once they know about it. You know, would be happy to support this show, would be happy to support your future show. Um, but, you know, there's, it does take money to fight these people, and I, and I understand yes. that. But here's something, of, as you were talking, too. The, um, one of the things that changed is that in, in, when I went to the hospital, uh, the incentive was to save my life. 
fee cuts, the insurance paid, the, and there was no yes. malpractice. Malpractice takes away money. So the, the incentive was yes. to save them, and of course they did. They, they yes. did a really good job except for the drug stuff because they just started to make money. But there came a point with COVID where they made more money killing people. They made more Absolutely. money on rendition and ventilators than on a 20 cent hydroxychloroquine tablet. I figured you could cure COVID in most people for about 20 bucks. You take a week's worth of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, uh-huh. vitamin D3, vitamin C, you know, zinc, and, and it costs about 20 bucks, right? And so if you could cure everybody for 20 bucks, you would you could take that out of the Ukraine budget. <laughs> there would be no borrowing of $7 trillion. We could have cured COVID for nothing. And even if we just gave people preventive uh, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. It's not going to hurt you. Those are two of the safest drugs out there, you know, or, you know, or quercetin, which is a non-prescription. So there's, so, but the problem was it was so much more, people were worth more dead than alive. And I think that's where yeah. one of the biggest changes was. What do you, what do you think? I do. I agree with that. I mean, when I would advocate for, for patients to get budesonide, because by the time they go to the hospital, they can't breathe. Well, it kind of makes sense to give them something, uh, you know, patients, request something that helps them breathe, right? A steroid yeah, that goes sense. directly to your lungs. Well, why my, they breathe? When I had COVID, I just had really bad cough. Yeah, was, everybody had different levels. Every, everybody's different. Okay. I didn't ever have right. that problem, but I know people in my immediate family who I had, I had contact with, I was in circles with my family on a daily basis, and they had uh, their body – for whatever reason, reacted differently than my body to COVID, hmm. where they literally right. lost. You can measure it with a pulse oximeter that their their oxygen levels went severely low. And to bring it up, what would would bring it instantly up is a few puffs of an inhaled steroid in the lungs because it's it's stopping the cytokines yeah. from going out the lungs, the cytokine storm. So. Anyway, it improved oxygenation immediately. So if they could get that outpatient, that um, that usually turned COVID around within three to five days. Just doing that alone, okay? So, but it's like what, five, three dollars a dose, cheap, right? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to push that. Yeah. That's why I had such a hard time getting that message out to the world. Was that and why it was so censored? Even though the Oxford University uh, study was eventually done a year after. Um, my talking about it, Oxford uh-huh. proved that it was 90% effective preventing urgent care visits and hospitalizations. And people who were on ventilators were able to get off ventilators. Not everybody, well, because everybody's body's yeah. different and compromised in different ways. But right. it had success in um, getting people off ventilators and going home. You definitely alone, okay? And, and some other medications that they had. Other other things they were doing, like blood thinners and things, to keep them from having clots. That would that would be problems. oh so, yeah, blood thinners. Yeah, but, yeah, those are really effective. Yeah, those are good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, I, I know. But what I'm saying yeah. is, they were given other things. I didn't want to be disingenuous and say it was just budesonide. But I'm telling you, the thing that moved the needle was the thing uh-huh. they added when when we wrestled the doctor, negotiated like a hostage negotiation. Please right. give this patient a 24-48 hour trial of budesonide. If you see no harm, no foul, then we'll continue. We'll consider continuing it, right? But mm-hmm. at least give them a trial of 24-48 hours of something that was already in your hospital pharmacy. Every pharmacy had it. Two-pound uh, neonatal intensive care babies are on budesonide routinely because mm-hmm. they have underdeveloped lungs. 
So if it's thick yeah. enough for a two-pound human being, it's likely going to be very safe. It has such an incredible safety profile. So anyway, that's that's part of the work I would do with my hostage hospital hostage hotline was mm-hmm. talking to the doctor and um, negotiating these things like stop doing this, do that. That was before I had this document. This document makes those things, those uh, heartaches and struggles, mm-hmm. a thing of the past. You won't need to go through all that, you know, uh, negotiation process if they just know from the moment you walk in, I'm not doing these things. You're not doing these things to me. Your license, a criminal charges, and adjudicated a seven or eight figure judgment because it's intentional tort. It's not malpractice. Doctors, like you said, hospitals have had this kind of uh, free, you know, it's kind of like the the teachers out of the room, substitutes in here. We can do whatever we want. We're going to act like, you know, animals in the classroom because the the real teacher's out. It's a substitute. So we're going to do whatever we want. No consequences. That's the kind of attitude hospitals have had and doctors have had. They are the, have been right. the most obnoxious, arrogant people I have ever encountered in my life in the last three years well, been, being on the phone with these doctors. So, so you don't count. What would you say? Yeah. I said you, you haven't been to med school, so your opinion doesn't count. Only the opinion of people who are as, as mind-locked oh. as, uh, as they are. So that's the problem with the expert. I mean, we only get about, uh, believe it or not, we only have about eight minutes left. <laughs> this has been fabulous. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. No, it's okay. You're doing. You're on a roll. I just, I'm just happy to have you here. So, a couple of questions though before you go, um, Dr. Mercola. You mentioned him a few times, and you talk about the, the yeah, gold line. Yeah, love that guy. Um, I, I want to. Are you still in contact with him? I, I can be. I mean, I'm, I don't. Okay. We don't talk every day, but. Well, no, I don't, I don't expect you to like you know compare what you have for lunch, but I'm just thinking that uh, if I've been trying to get in touch with him to get him our legislation, the two big ones, vaccine product liability and big tech uh, censorship, because those are the two things that killed the most people because they got oh, the jab. Oh, I'd be happy to, and happy to pass just, that. Just send yeah. our bills along to him. You've got our, our legislation. Yeah. So I can get it but, yeah, I'd be curious. Love and then Okay, well, this is what we do. So if he starts talking about it, so here's the thing. The biggest problem I have, the legislation, the writing is easy. I mean, I, I, write a, I can write a bill in three hours. You know, I, mean, I usually mm-hmm. think about it for about a month. We have a new one on uh, if anybody's investigated, and this would apply to doctors too. And we, we have uh, – if the government's investigating somebody, uh, they have to spend a fortune to defend themselves even if they're innocent, right? So I wrote a bill. Uh, that says they should, they get first of all a defense equity payment, so that they the government has to give them the same amount uh, same amount of money they have spent investigating them, and they can still bill the government for compliance costs, lawyers, you know, paperwork, consultants, anything like that, until you're proven guilty. So you should you should suffer no penalty until you're proven guilty. Now there's something the doctors could use, you know, especially by medical boards and things yeah. like that. Oh, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because, look, um, mm-hmm. I talk a lot about consequences to doctors, but there's benefit right. to this, this form. Like your, your legislation in my yep. form, it yep. gives good doctors in a system that they are, they are now starting to wake up. This is a bad idea. But yeah. for whatever reason, they feel like they don't have mm-hmm. a voice against the administration, the people who actually own the facility that they work in. Um, they can push back and say, oh, no, no, we're not doing that anymore. I am not going to do right. this or that because my license and I could go to jail. Um, it gives them something to push yeah, back on. They love it. The doctors love it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it has to be as serious a penalty as malpractice was. So the incentive is to to save people. I mean, they should do that anyway because they're doctors. That's what they're supposed to do. That's why they started this business. But because they become co-opted and, uh, you know, just following orders and and just taking the money Mm -hmm. at the same time, um, which is worse than just following orders because, you know, then they've really corrupted themselves. But the same penalty as, as, yeah, the same same strength of penalty as malpractice, you know, in terms of violating contracts and violating informed consent and everything else. Um, There's something else. I want to talk to you about, uh, and I've, I've got my list of things. Where I think that's about it. But um, as far oh, hey, for, gonna go for patients go that are, patients that want to be empowered, I just want you know. Next time a doctor suggests something, say you first. How would that have worked with friends? Yeah. <laughs> well, now here's well that's well here's my pet theory that that you've noticed that nobody in the health professions, none of the government public health people at the state or federal level, uh, has been reported to, to have died suddenly. Not yeah. Not it's Dr. kind Burr. of like a poison, right? A poison drink. You know, yeah. the king would have tasters or whatever. It's like, uh, Nobody in Congress you has drink it first. You notice that? Yep. Nobody in Congress, no city mayors, no mm-hmm. governors. I mean, nobody, you know, yep. I mean, entertainers, sure, because they're expendable, right? Sports stars, who yeah. cares, right? You know, that makes right. a big splash. But you'll notice that nobody in power, in a position of power, hmm. has died from a COVID That's shot. Very how, curious. How about that? Hmm. Hmm. Just a coincidence. Now, we don't. Oh, of course it is. Now, we don't call them conspiracy theorists on Action Radio. We call them ongoing investigations. Yes. Yeah. I, I, when was the last time you ever saw a doctor on a ventilator or having mm. given five rounds of remdesivir like my co-founder, Greta Crawford, you know? No, you just don't see it. You have a, you bring up a good yep. point. So next time you're mm. in the hospital for any reason, start with that mm-hmm. question. Mm. You first. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and... and I don't know how we change this culture um, because this is this is just an, an amazing consequence. Uh, consequences. Um, but it's, gonna, it's yeah, not going yeah, to be from top down. To, it's yeah. going to be we the people move, uh, pushing up. It's going to be the patient is going to change the culture. The patient has to start asserting their rights and demanding that they get they get informed consent, which is truly not you're just this is the problem. You get this. It's asking what are the risks, benefits, and alternatives. Don't wait for the doctor to get around to telling you. You initiate that conversation. Well, is there a penalty in your contract if they lie to you like perjury? If you lie in court, you know, you can go to jail. But well, if you lie no, is to this a patient. A, well, uh, we don't have it'll, – it'll, it'll get flushed out because the patient – unfortunately, it's a he said, she said thing in a hospital. The doctor controls the record, right? The, the right. last comment about an issue is recorded by the doctor or the nurse. Mm-hmm. Not the patient. They don't get to say their two cents, right? That's that's why it's so well, important. Well, why don't you add that Ahead to the contract that the patients can't – there should be a place on every medical record for the patient to put their comments in. How about adding that to the contract? Ooh. Um, I don't uh, – yeah, yeah. Think about it. I, okay. I don't know. I'll think about yeah. it with my, my insider. But what we want to do is okay. hold them accountable for doing things to your body that you absolutely don't want. They don't get to make decisions and just do things like you're a lab rat. You've got to uh, usurp the whole process by going into the hospital with this contract. It's a doctor-patient contract. It's not the general consent. It is a, hey, doctor, this is what you're going to agree to, or we don't, we don't do medicine here. We go down the street. We'll, we'll take our business somewhere else. And by the way, people need to understand, you're not marrying the hospital or a doctor, okay? You're not even dating them. 
you can break up. Go to the hospital across the street. Go across town. Go to a different state. You know, no divorce papers need to be filed. You're just going to go. Just move. Now, I understand when a lot of people, I mean, send people who are low oxygen or they're in a car wreck. You can't do that at that point. That's why it's really important to have your ducks in a row and have your documentation ready and then deliver it in a timely way, which is when you are that person in a hospital. Hmm. Do you think that you could put something into the contract or people should just be doing this? I do this anyway. But uh, one thing, the, the price of, of something, so people know how much it costs, and required to give alternatives. So in other words, the doctor would say, well, we've got uh, the COVID shot, or you can just boost your immune system. You know, we've got remdesivir, or we can give you hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, which costs, you know, 20 cents a pill as opposed to $3,200 for remdesivir. Uh, the side effects are this and that. I mean, how much you well, know, should we be requiring? I, we, we don't want it to be a kitchen sink document. This is literally, that's why you have a advanced directive. We, you start uh, weakening the document when it's an all-encompassing thing. It's a will, and it's okay, also right. a directive, and it's also so a... you just like so a, you, a, guide, a, guide, so here's, a guideline or a right sheet, or how would you do it? Here's what I... Well, let me tell you what I, I encourage people to do. And we're, we, we will be providing a template uh, for, like, a journal. People need to journal when they're in the hospital. What did that – who was that person you talked to? What time was it? What did they you discuss? You keep your own journal, okay? Oh, that's uh, a, yeah. what that doc, Right? You keep your own notes. Um, and if, it's, if the patient can't do it because they're so weak, it's the family that's going to get involved or your, your advocate, the the person you picked as your medical power attorney or your right. surrogate, surrogates are your next of kin. You get people involved if you're too weak and you're, you're like, I'm painkillers, you're groggy. That's when you're, you need to rely on people. People are not an island unto themselves. Unfortunately, when you're in a crisis, please reach out. That's the appropriate time to bother somebody, if you want to call it bothering. But uh, that's, that's the way they're going to do it is to keep records. You need to keep records of your own. What did they tell you? Did they tell you? They told me this was the only risk. They told me this was the only benefit. And then uh, you agreed to it. You've got now a record of your own that uh, attests to your experience because they have been really, uh, really uh, maverick and Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.